Shakaza. The Joe Rogan Experience Podcast is brought to you by the Fleshlight. If you go to JoeRogan.net. Did I ever give you one of those? <gasps> I never did, right? I never gave you one. Uh, I bought my own. Yeah, but you had <laughs> I told you before. the story. Yeah, before yeah, we, we had the... Uh, no, you never gave me one. No. Yeah. Did you tell the story on, on the podcast I ever? did, didn't I? Did you? I did. Yeah. But why? <laughs> That's a good flashlight story, but we can't yeah. be telling the same story twice. Yeah, some girl, basically, Cliff Notes, girl wouldn't fuck him. He took her to a, a, a porn shop and bought a flashlight <laughs> while she was staying with him. That's hilarious. And then that's the worst feeling in the world when you're like really attracted to a chick and really into her. And then you come, like whether you jerk off or something, and then you're just like, what? Post-nut syndrome. Yeah, post-nut syndrome. Post-nut syndrome is huge, man. That's, that's life-changing shit. You yeah. realize how much your dick is kidnapping your, your whole brain. You don't learn that shit till like in 20s. deep in your 30s. And when you fi- <laughs> finally figure it out, you got kids, you, got, like, you finally figure it out, oh shit. Like no matter how much you think you want to fuck a chick, man... When you bust that nut, the truth comes out. It's just like, you remember that bit you had with the big, yeah. the long bus? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what it's like when your dick is hard. When you're in normal life, the bit was like in normal life, you're driving, you're you're in control, you're at the wheel, you decide which way you go. When your dick is hard, it's like you're sitting in the back seat of a really long bus, <laughs> and there's some other dude up there driving. Yep. But he's way the fuck up there. You can barely talk to him. There's all this, all this noise, and you're like, do you even know where you're going? <laughs> and he yells, shut the fuck up and sit down. And you just go, oh, this guy's a dick. I'm just going to go to sleep. Yeah, post-nut syndrome will, will you know, once you... You figure it out. It's like a. It's, it's almost like a trick. It's a total trick because yeah. if you're not in like maintenance mode, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not jerking off on a regular basis. You can get frantic. Like guys can get frantic. Like someone yeah. needs to touch my dick. Someone needs to touch my dick. Like if if it, if you go like a couple of weeks without beating off, and then you're around someone you're attracted to, it's you literally become insane. You yeah. become like an insane person. Man, I don't know how many times I've, I, I could have banged a chick now this is when i was single my single years uh i could have banged a chick and i thought about the post nut syndrome and i thought you know what i really 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 want to fuck her right now but god damn it let me just jerk off you bust a nut you're like thank god <laughs> thank god thank god i didn't call that bitch like right oh, away you know that'll uh, cure you yeah you jerk her. if you jerk off and you still want to see the chick then you really that's, like you're her. in love yeah, yeah you yeah, really yeah. like her or yeah. if you bust a nut and you don't want to throw her out the fucking window you probably like her. You want to go get some lunch? <laughs> if you want to go get lunch after you bust a nut, you want to go watch a movie or something, you really like the chick. It is a real problem in relationships that nobody wants to own up to. And that problem is that women are essentially drug dealers. And that drug is pussy. And it's the best feeling drug on earth. It's, you know, when you're horny and you're getting some pussy and you're like, I can't even believe I'm getting pussy here. When you're having sex, you're like, I can't believe this is even happening because you wanted it so bad. And you, especially if you've been on a dry spell, like what's your longest dry spell? Uh, like in high school and shit? Ever, ever in life. Damn, dude, I don't know. That's a long time. I used to work at a strip club. There wasn't that many dry spells. Come on. <laughs> I had a, a six-month one when I was 19. It was devastating. That was a long one, man. Yeah, when you're a teenager. I remember the dry spells being so long, thinking, man, I, like, I would fantasize about what the next girl I'm going to fuck would look like and what she's going to be like. Is it going to be six months? Is it going to be a year and a half? I mean, I would think like it was like a fantasy thing, you know, like. But that was way back in the day. <laughs> way back in the day before you discovered this is a place where they grow. <laughs> they just grow on trees over here. You know, in high school, you get to know girls. You get to meet girls. You know, you date. But once you get out of high school 
if you're not, you know, you're not in college. Like my first year of college uh, out of high school, I, I didn't do anything. I just worked my first year before I went to school again. And that was when I just went through my most devastating ever drought. Because, like, I'm never around girls. So yeah. you have no chance. Yeah, it sucks for people that are, are like, that work at places where there's no chicks. Yeah. And you're there all day. Yeah. And then you live in a town where there's hardly no chicks. And, you know, those towns where a hot, if there's a hot chick in town, by the time she's 16, dudes are already proposing and, like, locking yeah. that bitch down. <laughs> right? There's no way you're going to go into a small town and there's going to be a super hottie that's 22 that's single? No. Good luck. Small town? No. Good luck. Somebody else College town? Yes. Unless she just broke up. Yeah. And then even then, the dude's still coming around the house yelling drunk at yeah. night. You, you, the dudes just knock those bitches out. Just, yeah, fuck it. Let's just, they don't want to even, because they know everyone around them is trying to get a piece of that. This is supposed to be a commercial. For the is this a commercial? Yeah. I think it's still going. So, uh, <laughs> so that's why. in the code name Rogan and get 15% off. Well, this, it all comes back to Yeah, it's it does. Flashlight. Well, know? this, we've been doing commercials like this, and people have been complaining because they're so long. But I'm like, but it's sort of not even really a commercial. I mean, if it's a commercial, I'm talking about the flashlight, but we're also just talking. You know, it's organic instead of me reading some canned bullshit. The only canned bullshit part is the part where I got to say, you know, 15% off entering the code name Rogan. I you know, say that every time. You know, it'd be cool for the fleshlight is if they sold like mannequins that you could just like just stick the fleshlight in and, and fuck it. And you pull, you know, when you're done, you pull the fleshlight out. Like a, you know, just like a real doll. Yeah, but it's just it's sitting up. There's one bent over and you just like stick that fleshlight in and hit it. You know what I mean? Would that help? Would that even help? I mean, how much can you use your imagination? Can you really pretend that that's a person? I think that would help. Yeah? I think it would help. Because then you could thrust you actually it. fuck it instead and you of could like thrust do it with it. your hand. Nuts feel different when you're thrusting. Yeah. Totally. Nuts feel different. Yeah, they do. They when more, you're thrusting. They have more impact behind them. Yeah, it's, the sensation is, in, is like 20% different. They just rent out coma patients. Oh, Brian. <laughs> Eddie used to have a joke about that. Veggie hookers. Yeah. <laughs> like super low cost hookers. They're like vegetables. And you just. <laughs> like, how much would a vegetable cost? Yeah. You know, to p- help pay for the. the, the it's not bills. cheap. Yeah. It's not cheap, you know, keeping them on life support. Yeah. That's what I'm you saying. You know what I mean? Oh for the hospital God. bills. They don't have insurance, they have no choice. <laughs> dude veggie hookers would be like five bucks and they deliver them to like a dude wheels them in in a, in a hospital you gurneys. just have to hire somebody to clean them all day like no, somebody would, in between sessions since they couldn't tell on you there would have to be somebody watching to make sure you don't abuse them put right. cigarettes out hey on you know what because otherwise That's... hookers can complain they can't even talk. They can't even talk. Be like, so maybe somebody has to watch no! this happen. She'd be or willing just... and not this guy again. She's like, she can't move her eyes. She's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, this guy says creepy shit to her while he's shooting it in. Can her. you imagine pulling trains on oh. veggie hookers? Oh, God. Mm. Oh. <laughs> hey. Oh. You got to do Don't what you got to do. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. It's better than jerking off. Right? No. No? No, because you have to think about this poor paralyzed person. <laughs> yeah, the post that uh, syndrome would be severe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't just dress ridiculous. him up. They'll put like sunglasses on him and like a nice like you know nightgown or something. Well, what's fucked up yeah, is I would you blindfold know, him. You know there's somebody that's into that. <laughs> you know there's somebody that's into that. You know? There's, there's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be. Brian, um, they asked him to do a fucking video where him and his girl are tied up. Yeah. 
to tie him up and film him struggling to get free. Like if we were kidnapped together. And Can you we're in... fucking imagine that, man? I'm still thinking about it, but I think I might do it myself. How much? You know, they should find out everybody who wants to buy that and follow them. Not bad. They should find out anybody, anybody who buys those videos. They should follow that motherfucker. You know? Yeah. Find out where he gets his duct tape. What he uses it on. What the fuck is going on here? That's what you're buying? You're buying videos of dudes tied up with their girl? What the fuck kind of weird ideas do you have in your head? Wait, wait. You have to be tied up? Yeah. And yeah. your girl? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, she gets 500. I get 400. <laughs> but, uh, but how do you know this guy's going to fucking untie you? How do you know this guy's going to kill you Because it's a legit company. But what I'm saying is- It's I, a company? Yeah. It's a porn, porn, or no, a bondage company. Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. Son, where did you go wrong, son? But what I'm thinking is like, dude, I could just film it myself, make it better, and then just throw it like on clipsforsale.com or whatever, and just, I'm sure people would sell that. <laughs> you could well, be a they, softcore porn They have porn a direct star. membership, like a, a subscription link to all the creepy fucks. Yeah. You know, they have their email addresses. They could just send them out to all the creepy fucks that buy their bondage videos right away. You have to find that market. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're also sponsored by Onnit.com, makers of <laughs> Alpha Brain. This is, the longest, this is the longest one ever, I right? I think so. Alpha Brain is a cognitive-enhancing supplement. We also have New Mood, which is a 5-HTP and L-tryptophan supplement. 5-HTP, a lot of controversy, man. A lot of people use it as an antidepressant. And uh, um, a buddy of mine who was on it, actually Neil Brennan was on it, and he, he's, uh, he talked about it on the podcast. And he, um, his doctor told him to not take it anymore, not take the 5-HTP, because essentially what he was doing was taking two antidepressants, which I thought was really interesting. You know, his, oh, really? Yeah, his doctor told him to stay on these fucking medica- stay on this medication instead of these natural herbs that work just as good that you can get without a prescription. I mean, that's really essentially what you're saying. I mean, 5-HTP is, uh, you can get it in any health food store. Right. You know, it's a common supplement. So if you, what happens is you get too happy, and then yeah. is the credit card company scared that you'll, like, cancel all your credit cards? or like what? Well, the pharmaceutical company is scared that you're not going to pay for their shit anymore. You're not going to pay for Prozac oh, or, Lo- or Zoloft. Take two right Instead, now. Instead, you're going to pay for 5-HTP. It's really interesting. I don't know. I'm not, obviously, I don't, I don't take an antidepressant, so obviously I don't know what the effect of either one of them has. But I do know that uh, for me, who doesn't need an antidepressant, 5-HTP is nice. I like it. Neil, Neil Brennan turned me on to it first. And then this, with the difference between 5-HTP normal and this new mood stuff that we're selling, is that it also has L-tryptophan in it, which uh, breaks down to serotonin. It's like the building blocks for, for the 5-HTP. It's what makes you tired yeah. during turkey. And I just remembered that, mm-hmm. and I just took two, and now I'm going to be sleeping. No, sleepy. you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Remember that sketch? I take them before I go to sleep, though. Yeah. Remember there was a sketch, too, for post-nut syndrome. It was like a Zoloft that you take when you're fucking a chick that you know that you're going to fucking regret. <laughs> you take the pill, and you, don't, you take her out to lunch yeah. go catch a movie uh, eventually they're gonna have pills that recreate orgasms you know they're gonna have p- pills that isn't you know, that that's almost ecstasy they almost got sort it. of right actually they're on the, they're on the probably, right track right. probably <laughs> better in the mind just you don't feel it in your dick you know it's like a better feeling almost when you're on ecstasy than coming except your dick doesn't get the wild ride right does that make sense um, anyway, go to onnit.com, <laughs> enter the code day Rogan, and, and you get 10% off. We also have uh, Shroom Tech Sport, which i got to give you. It's uh, based on a cordyceps mushroom, and it's uh, an endurance uh, supplement, and it's nice. It gives you energy, man, but not like not wild energy like coffee or anything like that. It gives you like a smooth, steady energy. The Chinese Olympics team uh, started using it. There's a bunch of different cordyceps mushroom supplements out there. They're like in endurance-enhancing supplements. 
The Chinese are using it. That's a good one. What about the Germans? What are they using? I don't know. That's well, what I, that's China, what I want to well, know. Chinese was, don't do too well in the Olympics. <laughs> that's not true. You shouldn't say that. First of all, they, uh, they're listening. <laughs> they're listening, and they're going to get angry at you. Hey, you know what? Chinese are they fucking They do great amazing. with gymnastics. Oh, shit. Those, oh, yeah. But uh, they don't do so well with... Uh, Basketball? Uh, football. Football? They don't have football in the Olympics. Hey, you know what? Mexicans even do better than Chinese in football. At least we got one Mexican in there right now. There's a Mexican playing football in Hell the NFL? Yeah. One guy? Sanchez. He's a quarterback for the Jets. We got one dude. How many dudes do you think are trying? Is that like a common dude, thing? fuck yeah. Just... Me- Mexicans love football. They're just too small. <laughs> so only They're one dude's made it. I-, I mean, I figured that out in the ninth grade. When I got to ninth grade, I'm like, God damn. That's the end of this commercial. Hit the music. <laughs> Hit the music. <laughs> the Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night. All day. That was the longest commercials we've ever done. But whatever. It's not really a commercial. I'm telling you some stories in there, right? <laughs> some shit going down. It ain't that simple. Eddie Bravo, my friend. Eddie Bravo is here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Joe Diaz was supposed to be here with us, but Joe Rogan, I got other things I got to do. I'm going to be there at 9 o'clock. I'm going to be there at 9 o'clock. So Joey will be here uh, when we do another podcast. He actually never He one. actually never agreed to do it. He, he never did. He, yeah, I, I thought he was going to do it. I Twittered it. I Twittered it, and he calls me up and tells me, man, you don't know anything unless you talk to me. I'm like, oh, shit. I thought no, he, I, did, yeah. he did agree to it. He agreed it to me. Joey's crazy. It's okay. You gotta yeah, let, I, no, goes, I, I got the wife. I got things I got to do, dog. Yeah, you know what? I shouldn't have jumped the gun, though. I shouldn't have Why? jumped the gun. In tweeting it? Yeah, because he, cause <laughs> well, everyone... A lot he's of got everybody think- scared. Joey's got everybody scared. You can't even tweet things that you said he would do. What the fuck did you do with the tweets? What the fuck, dog? What the fuck, dog? Did I tell you to tweet that? Did I tell you to tweet that? <laughs> what the fuck do you do with tweeting that? He's, he's yeah. the best, though. I fucked up. I don't mind. No, you didn't fuck up. You oh. fucked up in the world of Joey. In the regular world, what you did was normal. He told me he was going to do it. He then, then he said, said to me on the phone today, if you want me to do these things, dog, you got to talk to me a day before. I did talk to you a day before. We talked about it yesterday. But, I, you know, he's Joey Diaz. Hopefully man. he comes tonight, though. That he's going to come tonight. He just doesn't want to be here all day. Yeah. Right. But you know what? He might not come tonight. I mean, he reserves the right to not show up. <laughs> yeah, luck, show. Luckily, That's happened before. Luckily How many it times has he done that? Twice or three times. Today. Yeah. He just doesn't show up sometimes. Yeah. Luckily, it doesn't matter. He's, so, he's such a wild motherfucker. That's why you like him, because he's yeah. so random. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. He could flake on three shows, four shows. Right. We still love him. Well, you know, it, it doesn't me, matter. It took me not, not really that long to realize that you don't get a personality like that without some quirks. You know, a person, I mean, that's just the impulsiveness of the reason why he's so funny. You know, it's all just his, his own special blend, his own special personality. You know, it's just a, he's just an unusual dude. And you got to accept that. You got to let him be who he is. That's why I started taking two comics on the road with me. I used to only take one. But that one was Joey a lot of time. And a lot of time, Joey would just fucking, he just would vanish on you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started taking other dudes. Yeah. And so it became two. And then I realized when you take two, it's more fun anyway. The, you know, it becomes like a party, you know? Like one dude is good, but when you go on the road with like two, three dudes, that's when it becomes really fun. You know, it doesn't feel bad. Yeah. You know, like when we go on the road, you, Eddie used to go on the road with us all the time. Damn, we would, for years. For years. And when we would go on the road, you know, it never felt like we weren't home. It just, we had different places where we slept. Mm-hmm. But everything else is the same. It was just all our friends going out to eat, all yeah. our friends, you know, drinking or whatever, 
all our friends at the shows. It seemed to me like we were just hanging out, which is beautiful. Where you never, you know, you don't uh, get that horrible fucking loneliness that a lot of comics get when they go on the road, man. They just, it's them alone in a hotel room after the show, just wishing they were home, missing their girl, missing their dog. Ugh, just desperate. There's a lot of dudes who get fucking seriously depressed from road traveling. I can imagine, man. Yeah. I hate being gone just for two or three days. Can you imagine being like a Heffron that's like gone for like a whole month almost? Sometimes? Yeah, he's crazy. And he doesn't bring guys with him. Yeah. He's not going with a bunch of his buddies. That sounded know? gay. <laughs> bring guys with him. Why does it sound gay? No, no. Actually, it sounded non gay. And, and he doesn't bring guys with him. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why you even thought like that. Eddie. I don't know, man. That's sad. <laughs> Sad you would think that way are after there, all this talk. Are there comics out there? Are there comics out there that like bring chicks with them everywhere they go? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like there's Paul one Shore comic. There's one comic that did our podcast, and I knew he was going to bring his fucking wife. He brings her everywhere, dude. I've never seen him without her. She's really hot, and he's really not. And he's like, I got this bitch. She ain't going nowhere. And he, he just brings her everywhere, everywhere they go. And he brought her on the podcast, and she, we had to get her a microphone because she was talking. So we had to hold on. With a turn of microphone. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like she kept on talking off mic, so it was constant, like, just, all right, here's a microphone. Yeah, it was, well, it wasn't, it wasn't reluctant. I like her. She's nice. She's, you know, she's not stupid. She's a smart person, but it's just, he's just one of those dudes that just can't, he doesn't go anywhere without his girl. Yeah. People hey, do that, man. He's probably it's, listening to the show right that's now. That's okay. Know, that's we didn't thinking. say anything bad. <laughs> it's all true. He's a great guy. I love him. Hey, Eddie, uh, did you release a new music video recently, uh, or have you released it yet, or uh, what's going we, on with that? The music video, we were going to release it last week, but it turns out it's there's still some color colorization left to do, some technical shit, but we're going to drop it uh, probably first or second week of December. Awesome. We're gonna, but, uh, I can't wait to see it. It's it's pretty dope, man. What's it's the song? Dope. It's Jiu-Jitsu. Did you redo the, the whole song's th- called Jiu-Jitsu? The song's called Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> now, now, did you redo That's the whole awesome. song? Did you? Because you had an original song, right? Now, did you redo it, or did, what? What, you, what did you change? Well, this you this would happen. Um, Raka, who uh, is the rapper for Dilated Peoples, he does Jiu-Jitsu with Henner and Huron, and I, we had a mutual friend. His name was um, Adisa, and he's like, "Dude, man, I'm gonna hook you and Raka up together. You guys make music together." And he, he, he kept talking about it for like a year. He would call me, goes. We're in Hollywood. Where are you at? I wasn't there. Then after a year, we he finally we finally link up. He ends up at my studio, and I you know I had some songs I was gonna you know some some tracks I was gonna play for him. I had three of them, and he was gonna choose which one he wanted to throw a verse over. That was the first plan. But like you know, what do we sing about, or what what is the song gonna be about? And I thought, you know, since he's here, because Adisa kept going, dude, do you know what's happening? That's He's deep with the Gracies, with Henner and Horion and all them, and you're 10th Planet, you guys coming together with music, and he's like, he's, it's a big deal. And I thought, well, why don't we, why doesn't the song just be called Jiu-Jitsu? And we just, uh, you know, and he, dude, I, I don't know if you heard it, but <laughs> no. the, his, his verse, when he dropped it, played him some beats, he, it took him about 45 minutes to write the verse, and boom. And then Compella, the guy that, that's in my band, who I always work with, and Alex were on the side working on a verse too, so that we ended up just going, why don't you, t- Rocket take the first verse, Compella took the second, and Alex did the third. And, uh, Will it be fun for people who don't do jiu-jitsu? Do you think about that, or do you just say, fuck it, let's just do it for us? It's, it's really all about, you know, the, to me, my opinion, the best music is when it's personal. When it's if you're if you're trying to write to to you know so that people can relate to it that's in my case in in my opinion I think that's that's garbage I think you, that's you how you it is write. with everything yeah you got to write you got and it was just perfect because that's what it was about he showed up and we're like man it is the Gracies rep you know and Ten Planet coming together so the song is about 
bearing like any kind of negative uh, emotions or negative energy that there is with 10th Planet. And the, let's just bury that shit. It's all about jujitsu. We love it. And it's, you know, and that's, that's a, we ended up doing a music video for it. And Ken Mao edited it and, and he made it look really damn good, man. Um, he he's done he he's did Beyonce's videos, Jay Z, Foo Fighters, anybody you could think of. He won an MTV Music Award for "Crazy" by Gnarls Barkley. That was global. Oh, that's awesome. He oh, cut that video. Wow, he, he cut, cut that, that video. He cut. He's like the baddest motherfucker in the business, and he cut my video, man. That's and sweet. That was one of my favorite walk-in musics ever. When B J Penn came into that song, I'm like, how perfect yeah. is that for B J? Yeah. You, you can know? hear the audio. We released the audio. The um the song was actually we me and me and Rocket did it, and then I got Danny Loner from Nine Inch Nails he, awesome. he actually produced it was that, like a, was that like a dream come true getting Danny because that's I mean that, both of us were huge Nine Inch Nails fans still yeah. are but, I mean Nine Inch Nails was like that's my, that's my blood man. and here I am you know working with Danny Loner it's pretty fucking crazy every time I'm at his house he's got a studio in the house he's got a, like a castle mansion up in the Hollywood Hills and I'm sitting there and we're working on some shit it's it, I, you know it's just it's, it's awesome finally after all this time, getting the respect in the, in the music business that that I wanted, you know, and you know, it was hard because most people thought I was a an athlete, a jujitsu guy who uh, is dabbling in music now, like Oscar De La Hoya or like you know Shaq or something. They don't realize that I started jujitsu at 24, and I've been producing music my whole life. That was the number one goal. Jujitsu was just a way to stay in shape, and most people don't realize realize that. So they have they have a, a prejudice against my music. They don't even want to hear the music. Oh my god, a jujitsu guy is trying to do music now. They don't realize that this is what this is what I'm really good at. Well, and the now, reality though, I mean, there's a reason why they say that, and it's because almost everybody only does one thing good, and they'll go and do something else, and it sucks. You know, like how many times has an actor put out an album and it's fucking terrible? Yeah, the odds, the odds. I mean, I understand. So I understand the odds. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, remember when Michael Jordan tried to play baseball? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Remember that? Yeah, barely. Yeah. It didn't last long, right? Remember when Don Johnson was a singer? (laughs) Remember when Don Johnson was a singer? Don Johnson had songs? Yeah. (laughs) They were terrible. That's crazy. They were terrible. The audio is actually available. Now, the the video we're not going to drop for a couple weeks. It's almost done. The audio is available at ReverbNation.com slash Smoke Serpent. That's the name of the band, Smoke Serpent. So we got a couple songs on there. The 2011 version I dropped, which is, is pretty dope as well but um the video will you know it'll are you be allowed on. to call your own stuff dope fuck yeah you gotta be careful about that no no when it when it comes Don't to music no nah, really every band when their album comes out they go man this is our best shit it's awesome you know no one ever says man my new album's coming out it's it's all right no 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 yeah. that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying you know you it's it's hard for, to judge your own shit without looking strange isn't it isn't not it music. hard to no not, not music. music it is the comedy it's comedy, you know. You say I did this is my best stuff ever, but that's about it. If you get into many more detail and say it's fucking awesome, it cracks, it sizzles. Music's different. It pops. Yeah, music's different. Really? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's also maybe because you work with a bunch of people too. It's like a collaborative effort. Yeah. Whereas with comedy, you're just kind yep. of bragging about yourself. Yep. You know. Yep. That's tricky, right? Yep. But Brian, do you, I mean, do you ever make a video and tell everybody how awesome it is? Uh, I never say it's awesome, but I definitely just go, hey, watch my video. But I don't think I ever say, you know, like, oh, my God, this is the best video ever made or something. Right. Like that. This video I, dominates. Right. This video is but the I, shit. But I think with music, that's a little bit more personal. And, and I also, think, it's a bunch of people together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a project. Know. Yeah. I'm always real careful about any, any grandiose exclamations 
about anything that I do because it always feels like if I talk about it at all, it makes me feel like a douchebag. Yeah, I understand. You know? With music, though, it's you got to be super confident with your music, and you know, without blowing smoke up your own ass, I actually believe the music that that you know, especially the the song jujitsu. I think it's a great song. You have to be confident in everything you do. If you're gonna do stand up, you absolutely have to be confident. You, you can't fake fake it with competence. You know, technical competence. You gotta you gotta be in the fucking groove when you're a comic. What are you playing, buddy? This is uh, his new song. Is that it? This is the old version. This is the demo. Oh. This was on your uh, Smoke Serpent page on Reverb Nation. Thank you. <laughs> they don't have the new version of it on it. No, that's he was he's. It's fucking with you? Yeah, oh, I was? No, I wasn't. I, I thought you said it was, the new version Come was on. on. Come on. Oh, drop 2011 is what you're talking about. That's on Reverb. Yeah, that's on too, but that's not the song that Danny Loner produced. Right, right. We actually are working on a Danny Loner version of that song too, which is totally different. It's like, oh, you're not even going to recognize it. We're just, it's, it's pretty crazy. Now, in this day and age, there's no more music business like there was before. Is it better for you? Because there's not like there's no record sales anymore. That shit's out the window. It's like iTunes sales and concert promotion, right? Yeah, it's way better for the musician, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. you get your shit. But out is it better quick. to try to get in? Is it better this way than it was before? Was because the way it was before was very difficult to break into the music business, right? And yeah. and you'd get like these crazy contracts. Like I remember Courtney Love wrote some article about it about how how crazy the the financial breakdown is of like who owns what and where the money goes and how long it is before artists actually start getting paid it's pretty it's pretty brutal but it's not like that anymore it's a it, the odds are i mean it's totally in favor now of of the artists but still you know i mean it helps being signed to a major label they still have all the avenues to get your stuff on mtv if you know but you know, now you can, you know, put your stuff on iTunes and the whole world has access to it instantly from their phone. That is massive for the artist. Yeah. Now it's just about publicizing your shit. Now it's about letting exactly. people know about it. Exactly. That's well, what's going on. Let us know when you're, uh, when you're going to release the whole thing. Are you going to release a, a CD on iTunes? Yes. Well, we're releasing the single, the singles as we're done with them. So right now, so far we have jujitsu. We have one song. You can get it for free right now. Once the video is out. I'm, you know, then I'm going to put on iTunes and it's going to be like a dollar twenty nine or whatever the hell it is. But right now I'm just letting people have it for free for a couple of weeks on Reverb Nation. Powerful Reverb Nation. <laughs> Powerful internet. Yeah, it's huge. Just it. like that bone. It's amazing. You can listen to it. Well, oh. you know, this podcast, nobody ever gave me a radio show. I talked about doing a radio show forever because I would go and sit in on people's radio shows, you know, and yeah. it would be fun. Like, you know, Dale Dudley in Austin or Opie and Anthony or something like that. You know, it's always a good time. It's fun to just sit. And even doing censored radio where you're, you're going there and you're, you know, you're talking with, you know, you're making sure you don't swear and, you know, certain subjects you can't even breach. You know, like they told us last time that we couldn't say retard, right? Remember yeah. that was the last one? That was yeah, we made a, a whole video a, about it. Yeah, that, that, that's a, a new word that's been recently eliminated from the vocabulary of things that you can say and not. Have, Regular radio is brutal, man. Have you seen the, the censored version of 
Tropic Thunder. Remember that whole retard part? Oh, yeah. No, what does it no, say? No, but, but what's it say? You can't go full special. You went full special. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> he goes, no. You went full special. You're not supposed to go full special. That's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> was it just like full on TBS? Oh, and it's really like bad. That. Like the overdone well, was That really is bad. actually even more offensive because special implies that the person has like Down syndrome or something like that. Retard is just you're, you're a fucking idiot. You know, if someone's a retard, they're a fucking idiot. But it actually, in, in Tropic Thunder, it wasn't even, it wasn't actually retard. No, it was, a, it was actually about down. It was yeah, about it down actually down. was retard. He went full retard. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was hilarious. So you finally saw it. I oh, remember yeah, for the yeah, longest yeah, yeah, yeah. time you didn't see it. Yeah, you had I didn't the see DVD. It for years. I mean, isn't yeah. it classic? It's great. Everybody it's so in fun. Tropic Thunder's a douchebag. Oh, Everybody. So good. Nobody so is cool in it, right? Ben Stiller it. made that. <laughs> ben Stiller made that whole thing himself, right? He's a bad motherfucker. Oh, didn't he direct that? Something like that. He's a bad motherfucker. That was brilliant. Every character was, it was a insane. great movie it was a great movie <laughs> the whole thing it was just enough over the top just enough silly you know you know when i you know when i knew it was fucking gonna be the greatest movie ever is when that dude's head blew up the director yeah, yeah. when his head fucking blew up i'm like oh that's, shit they're going that way that scared the fuck there's out no of you. limit it's like you know pineapple yeah. express where it's a comedy but people are fucking getting their heads blown off yeah you know what i mean that's 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 a whole different kind of comedy I seen i still haven't seen pineapple express not as good as tropic thunder but really? it's still pretty I still good like it. yeah it's, it's still good movie. tropic thunder was so it's good, hard man. to be like the only thing that could be tropic thunder and in, in a It'd get close like Talladega Nights or Hangover or something like that, and you know Robert Downey playing that dude with, with black makeup on. I mean, come on, it's just, it was so crazy. He's got black makeup on. He's in the fucking jungle and he's still got black makeup on. Yeah. You know what, what, what was the deal with that guy? Did he have his pig? His his um his he pigment really, changed. No, he, so he gets really, really into, into his role, yeah. so he right. just became a black guy. Right, but did he become? Did he change his pigment? Or no, he, he just wore makeup, makeup yeah. everywhere. He wore makeup, yeah, just everywhere I went. You know, there are dudes like that that they'll like get in a role and then the entire time they're working on the set, like when they're talking to the grips or whatever, they talk in character. Yeah. You know? They, they weren't even shooting and he was like, he kept on and on. They're like, dude, will you get out of this goddamn character? Why don't you don't? He goes, man, I don't, I don't drop character until I do commentary for the DVD. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? But it was funnier man. when he said it, of course. Yeah. That movie and I'm hilarious. generally, generally Jack Black movies. I'm not really that into. Generally, School of Rock was good. Did you see that? Yeah, that was that was all right. Like Nacho Libra. I'm not. A, I wasn't a fan. Red Band liked it. We had that one. Red, <laughs> Nacho Libra. Remember we like walked out of that in 20 out. minutes. I did not yeah. like that movie. That was. Just oh, now because, he doesn't like it. No, it was just well, because you guys there. only took it uh, 10 minutes. You only gave it 10 minutes. 20. Of a chance we gave it 20. Like we that. got the. We were in whatever Atlanta. it was. Let's call it 15. It was brutal. The but he fi- was first 15 was yeah. killing. We got the fuck out. You were the only one inside. And no, me and Ari both did. Yeah, you and Ari both did. We we were barbecued. Yeah, we were frazzled. I just still wasn't good. I tried watching it again. Because yeah. my girlfriend really likes it because you got to watch it again. And sometimes when you watch something again, like Anchorman the second time was better. I'm like, okay. Way better. But the first time, I'm like, I really didn't get it. But um, he was, Jack Black was incredible in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. He was an incredible, man. I thought, I thought, damn. He's just killing it's hilarious. it. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah, he was great, but Robert Downey Jr. took it for me. And, and, you know, Ben Stiller was really funny in it, too. Yeah, yeah. It was a good fucking movie, man. We're all really it's not that many good movies, man. It's a lot. When you look at like great movies to shit movies, it's probably like ten shit movies to one great one, right? Yeah, dude. There were so many big actors in that movie. They probably got paid yeah. like, like fifty grand each or something. There's just too many actors. Right. Danny McBride was in it. Nick Nolte. 
uh, Tom fucking Cruise. Yeah. Holy shit. Tom Cruise was awesome. That must that have movie. been a party. He played that crazy executive guy. Dude, oh, how fun must have been character. filming that movie? Oh fuck Dude, yeah. That must have been a, a wild time. Yeah, that's a classic. That's an all time classic. Not that many of them, man. Not that many all time classics. I like the commercials at the the beginning, like whatever that is booty oh, yeah. the booty oh, yeah. uh Drink. Yeah. Or Nick Swartz is going to come on. He's going to do the podcast again. He's going to want to do it. He uh, did a movie and it bombed so bad. He went to Hawaii for two months. Yeah. He just said, I can't take it. He goes, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. He went to Hawaii for two months. He did a movie that got a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Did it get released nationally? Or yeah. yeah. What was the movie? Uh, Something. Bucky, the porn star where he played. A, oh, uh, that Joey was in that one. Yeah. yeah. Joey yeah, was yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Said it bombed hard. Yeah, I heard it was. That's bad. that's that's weird to me because I think even so funny. even it's so bad that at least <clears throat> there had to be one person that said, "Yeah, no. you know, it's a dumb movie. It's a Nick Swartz movie. It's what is what it is." Well, but who knows, it, not man? Even one person. A lot of these movies, man. There's a lot of people fucking with it, especially on a. Uh, if you are a guy like Nick Swartz and this is your first shot at making uh, a, a big movie with your name on it, there might have been a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You know, I told this story before. I was on a, a movie once, uh, Frank McCluskey CI, and I had this scene that eventually got cut out of the whole movie. But I watched this funny dude get all these different line readings from all these executives. They're all telling him how to do it, and they completely ruined the movie. I watched it happen. I watched all these guys in suits literally tell this guy how to do his scene. And, that, like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to come in. Like, they were, they were telling. They weren't even the director. And the director couldn't do shit about it. He was powerless. And the whole thing became a mess. Like, oh, easily could have happened. You do a movie and everyone just shits on it. <laughs> you know, uh, while we're on that subject really quick, um, I, I did a short movie, super low budget, with, with uh, Joey Diaz and with uh, Renato Laranja. We're releasing it on my YouTube channel tonight at midnight. Huh. It's called Return of the Death Knuckle. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. Dude, that uh, doesn't even look real. I saw the, I saw the, the is it? it doesn't look real. It looks like you're punking people. <laughs> That's what everyone thought. Kate's potato thought that too. It's actually, we actually did. Whose idea was the movie? Well, <laughs> it was, it was like this. It was supposed to be. Oh, there it is. Is this the preview? <laughs> Brazilian Capoeira Black Belt Cop Killer There's other music going on Oh, that's that other song In the background, Brian Brian, what are you that's doing? Like Brian, pause this shit So you kill that song What the fuck are you playing? <laughs> what is that? What are you playing? I don't even know where it's coming from that are you serious? Yeah. You don't know where it's coming well, from. Well, look at your browser. Open your browser. Something's playing, you freak. What are you doing? Are you ready to kill yourself? Do you have something to tell me? Is that the music you're listening to when we leave? Can you imagine? You're listening to like Burl Ives and shit. You ready? Bye, bye, Mr. Put some volume into it. Some help. Who are you wanting this, brother? What's happening? This is Flavio D'Souza, Interpol's 10th most wanted Brazilian capoeira black belt, cop killer. I don't want you guys taking any unnecessary risks out there. He's already killed one cop, and you know. Got it, chief.
people just listening to audio were watching some really ridiculous shit. For most people listening, this was just a lot of music. It's what true. it is. If you go online, you can see this clip on YouTube. But uh, that's fair. That was very awesome. Be, be, con- <laughs> be, be kind like in the joke? comments. Awesome. What what would you think was awesome about it? Because uh, I, I, I know Eddie, you know, so I and I know Joey, movie. and I think your fans and I think people that know you are gonna love it. I, I, at least that's what I would think because I think it looks fucking. I want to see. I wasn't bad. sure. You just never know. We I screened it in St. Louis last Saturday in front of like thirty, like ten. You have to be a. You have to know. The, the, the character, Renato Laranja. He's actually, it's Renato Laranja playing Flavio. This is so, it's like a, it's fake within fake. Yes, you know what I mean? So we got like, like we ended up in the same goddamn movie. Fuck. I got, you know what I mean? And in the movie, I play a cop, like a really cool, like Vince Vaughn type cop going after Renato Laranja, this, this uh, Brazilian steroid trafficker. <laughs> He's the son of an acai plantation owner. <laughs> Dude, and Joey killed it in it. Joey's in it, too, man. He plays Is an the informant. movie funny? Is it funny? Dude, if you understand the characters, everyone was dying. Everyone thinks it's insane. Who's everyone? Uh, that was at the, at the screening. In St. Louis. Unless they lied to me. Unless they lied to me. People were laughing their asses off and said it was... Well, there's always an audience. I don't, I don't know. I don't, regular people might not get it. They're probably, like, people that right. don't know. Like, if you're not a hardcore MMA fan, you probably ain't going to understand, like, the whole Brazilian Hanato thing. Because it's really, it is, like, like an inside joke. <clears throat> I would love to see it to see if I understand it. Because I don't know anything that's going on. You would it. understand <laughs> it. You know, I had a, a conversation with one. I had to yeah, do some yeah. stuff today for the UFC. And the dude who um, I'm talking to is a friend of mine, my friend Judd, and uh, he thought it was real. He totally thought it was real. I go, no, 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 no. I go, this is my friend. Herato? Yeah, I go, it's a friend of mine. Dude. I go, he's a brown belt under Eddie. He's a really good guy. He's an actor. And he's like, no fucking way. I go, yeah. He goes, you mean that whole thing like James Brown, that was fake? I go, yeah, it was fake. We were just fucking around. He's like, did you have a script? Go, no, we just started. We were just fucking around. No, man. Everybody thinks that's yeah. real, that I was Dude. a real guy that was like mad at me. I will say this. I will say this, man. I haven't. I took acting lessons in like 15 years. My acting's not going to be fucking Robert De Niro. I was, you know, it's, it's, it's okay at best, right? But Rasan as Renato... Every scene, every word that came out of his mouth, the way we put this together is um, Cristo Garcia, he came to me. He's a guy who produces television shows on, on like cable and stuff. And his, he has aspir- he's a karate guy and his aspirations were you know, to be this filmmaker of making like big karate movies. He came to my gym and said, dude, I want to put you in a movie. I got a script and you're going to be a trainer like a Mr. Miyagi dude. I'm like, I go, man. I'll act, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to audition for shit. If people offer me, like I was a never back down to, I didn't like audition for that. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not taking acting that seriously. But if someone comes to me and says, I want to put you in a movie, am I going to say no? I said, okay, I'll do it. We sat down. He showed me some scripts. He's got like three martial arts scripts. I'm like, okay. He goes, dude, I'm going to put you in this one. And I think you'd be great in this. I go, dude, you haven't even seen me act. Goes, <laughs> I'm like, are you sure I could act? I sent him Kwatuf and he goes, dude, you could act. So anyways. Anyways, I, I love never, that people make movies like this. I didn't even, I didn't even, so this is what happened. So I, I told him, I go, 
I can totally just be in your movies and just read your lines and stuff like that. We could do that. Or you could let me, you know, bring in like my people because I got some talented people around me. And he goes, he was like totally cool. He goes, yeah, yeah, who, who? He didn't know, he didn't know Rasan and he didn't know Joey at all. I sat him down. I go, watch these motherfuckers. These guys are already hits. People already love them. They're already Grand Slam jewels. Let's let's put them in. Let's put them all in this shit and make this a comedy. And he goes, what? I go, I already got, I already got the story because I, I had the Joey Karate story in my head. Right. I've been trying to put it together, like the real, like Joey Karate as like you know Cuban black belt. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but he'd be like a mob guy. My my idea was he's a mob dude, like a hit man who wants to get out of the mob and do MMA because he's like this big karate MMA <laughs> fan, right? And he wants to get out of the mob. So I had this idea, and I, and uh, we were gonna roll with it. He wanted he wanted to do it. Oh, for people who don't know, Brian, pull up pull up Joey Karate. Give me a Joey Karate because he does one where he gets attacked, and it is. Fucking awesome, oh, yeah. man! Oh, yeah. The one where he fights the dudes off. I think it's number Come three. on, his character is amazing. Oh, That's he's... an amazing. And Joey, and basically, he's not even acting. No. He grew up doing karate. And the crazy <laughs> thing about Joey growing up doing karate in New York is that Rasan's dad was his teacher. Isn't that nuts? You knew that, right? Yeah, yeah. You oh, told okay. me. Isn't that that nuts? is fucking crazy. <laughs> what are the fucking possible odds of all the karate <laughs> teachers? Yes, dude. Give me some volume. <laughs> People, people watching this at home can see this, right? <laughs> yeah, we're watching Joe. What's the name of this one, Brian? This is the first Joey Karate number one. Joey Karate number one. This is fucking brilliant. <laughs> and he really knows karate. Yo, that's real shit. I'm serious. He's the funniest guy that's ever walked the face of the earth. No one's even close. No one's even close to Joey Diaz. <laughs> Mad flavor. <laughs> the best. Oh, dude, this is huge. Hey, fuck though, it's Joey Karate today, you understand me? And you're here for the UFC Minute. A lot of people see me in the medical marijuana reports. A lot of people see me in the sports reports. But nobody really knows I'm a trained fucking assassin. A Cuban black belt. I lost my rank on the fucking boat right over. They knocked me down to a green belt. But I'm fighting to get it back, you understand me? I take my shit back in the fucking jungle in China, <laughs> Hong Kong, Bolivia. That's where I train with fucking savages. Not these little fucking guys flying through the air. But you're lucky you caught me today. Because Joey Karate's gonna give you the lock for UFC. And it's all about fucking Brazil this weekend. You understand me? My man, Anderson Silva, is gonna fuck people up this weekend. You understand me? He went through Kiss Lebanon. He went through Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Griffin. He's gonna fuck him up. Let me show you what this motherfucker does. First off, he's gonna get him in a clinch. That's some Muay Thai shit, you understand? I studied Muay Thai, not really in Thailand, over at the Thai restaurant on fucking Gawa there. He's gonna get him in a clinch, couple knees to the fucking head. Then he's gonna kick him with a sidekick. Then he's gonna jujitsu him into some fucking samurai or, or some arm bar or some fucking. And he's gonna fucking choke him up. It's that simple. <laughs> that's Anderson Silva, you understand me? He does traditional. And that's it, baby. Don't forget UFC. Catch me next week with all my other things, you understand me? Next week, we're going to cover stretching and flying through the fucking air. Flying <laughs> 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 through the fucking air. Come on! <laughs> that was best. great. And you could tell, like, uh, that was his first one. 
that was all gold. But like now when he does them, he's just so like confident because he was yeah. just getting into the <laughs> UFC back then. He wasn't into MMA for a while. He was hanging out with us. He hated it when we talked about yeah. the UFC. But then when the, the Ultimate Fighter came out, he was one of those guys that got hooked through the Ultimate Fighter. And all of a sudden, he's a fanatic. And that was the first one. He, he, he'll admit he didn't have as much confidence picking back then because he's new to the sport. But now when you watch him do the, the 10th Planet Cushes, he's on fucking fire. He knows MMA. He knows a, he knows he knows shit about MMA that I would never know. Like he knows when the next five UFCs are at and what stadium, what city. He knows all that shit. It's crazy. I don't know when the fucking next UFC is. There's like three a month. Yeah, Joey's a fan. They're going to be in Baltimore next week. I'm like, oh, shit, really? <laughs> but, you know, he thinks that everything's a scam. <laughs> you know, he thinks whenever there's an underdog, if an underdog wins, he's like, you never met a bookie with a part-time job. And that's what he said during Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos. He said it, and I got him on film at the show at the UFC. He goes, you know, I just wanted to get his prediction because we didn't do a 10th Planet Kush for that UFC. And he goes... And he said, just like that, you never seen a bookie with a part-time job. Something's up right here. Look for King Velasquez to go down quick. Could you He imagine? called it. Joey Karate called it. Could you imagine if it was a scam, if we found out that fighters, that fighters were letting dudes knock them out and shit like that because they, they bet a, a fuckload of money on them? Is that possible? Yeah, I always think things <clears throat> like that. I mean, you don't think that they possibly... would get caught for doing something? I would never suggest that anybody's ever done that. But don't you think that if someone tried to do that? I don't believe that Cain Velasquez did that. I believe Cain Velasquez got hit with a fucking hard shot, man. I don't think anybody who gets hit by that. Sh- That's just one of those things about the first few minutes of an MMA fight when a guy has like full steam 100%. Junior was just starting to settle in. He just walloped him, man. He, if he hits yeah. anybody with that shot, you're, you're fucked, man. He clubbed him. That was a shocker. Him. It was, it was a, a shocker. shocker. It was brilliant. I didn't think, I thought punch. it would take a lot more to, to take King Velasquez out. I mean, he got hit in that sweet spot right on the top of the yeah. side of the head. Junior, Everybody goes down. Junior can fucking punch, man. He punches hard. And you know, when you see the impact, you know where it actually landed? It actually landed bone to bone. Yep. It didn't land with the, uh, the, the actual padding of the glove. Yeah, he gave him a super noogie. Big <laughs> super noogie, yeah. exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, it's amazing that he didn't break his hand, you know, because I, I guess that can function as a knuckle, but, God, it can't be as hard as the top knuckle. And, I mean, he, he blasted him, man. That was a, a crazy punch. It's crazy. So, Here's a overall, what do you think? What's your, the bottom line as far as – how that uh, the opening show with Fox went down? Do you think? Do you think uh, it was because it, it was good too? It was like, look, the, now you could build this guy as like Mike Tyson. Yeah, right? you know well, what I mean. He just goes out there and Mike Tyson's dudes. It wasn't bad for Mike Tyson, was it? it? It's never bad when a guy can stop a guy that quick. I don't think it's ever bad. I mean, it, it's it wasn't the best demonstration of mixed martial arts in the sense that it didn't go back and forth. You didn't see yeah. like a long fight where the momentum changed hands, like Hendo and Shogun. Yeah, exactly. Holy yeah. shit! But I think other than that, it was a great result. I mean, it was it was stunning. You know, it was it was it was decisive. You know, Junior dropped him, jumped all over him, battered him. There was no doubt about it. It was a perfect stoppage. So I think that's good. A perfect stoppage is good. I, know yeah. I think watching a guy take a guy out legit in 64 seconds, and especially when you're taking a guy out like Cain Velasquez, holy shit, man. That's, God damn, that's impressive. Well, when you look at what we learned from the fight, like you said, we learned that 
holy shit, Junior Dos Santos is like the Mike Tyson of yeah. MMA now. He's knocking <clears throat> dudes with big blockheads out in one punch. Yeah, That's serious. He's got really good timing. I mean, he doesn't catch everybody in every fight. You know, like, and then some dudes he couldn't put away. Like, he couldn't play, put away Roy Nelson. Roy Nelson is a monster, man. Yeah. Roy Nelson, god damn that guy. He tough. lost weight, finally. Yeah, yeah, Holy he shit. He's going to lose more, too. Holy he's gonna lose shit. More. He knows, man. Look, he's fucking good, dude. Roy, Roy Nelson actually said to me in the cage after the fight, like, you're always calling me fat. I'm like, you know, I got stuck there. I'm like, I don't want to say. I didn't want to insult him, but I said, but it's because you are fat. And, and he calls yeah. himself fat. He no, comes he out does. to that Michael Jackson fat song. I don't say it because I don't like him. I, I love that guy. I think he's talented as fuck. I think it's amazing that he's able to do what he can do and, and be in the kind of physical condition that he's in. I mean, carrying around that extra weight, I know that he's, he's strong and he's got good cardio. He's got good endurance for a big guy. But that can't be helping him. There's Dude, no he, way that helps he him. He might go down to 170. Can no, you imagine? You never I, know. I think he could you go never to know. I think he could go to 205 though. I think he go to Joe 205 Riggs. and a, Joe Riggs is 300. Yeah, but I think he's a bigger guy. Big country's a thick fucking guy. His head is big. It's one of the reasons why you take a shot so well. He's so sturdy. You know, I don't th- I don't see that guy going below 205. I think even 205 is going to be a struggle for him even if he got down to a low body fat. He's a thick fucking dude, you know. And god damn that motherfucker can punch for a jiu-jitsu guy. Big Country's got a serious right hand. The one he put Brendan Schaub out with, ba-blam. You know, you know? There's, there's a lot of hardcore Roy Nelson fans that have always stuck up for his fatness, and now they're all pissed off. You know what I mean? Like he's losing the weight. <laughs> oh, I liked him when he was fat, man. <laughs> there's got to be a few of them. Yeah, a lot of fat guys do, man. I have fat friends that love it when Roy blasts somebody out. Yeah, now they're like, shit, yeah. our hero. Yeah. He sold out. <laughs> he wants to beat the best guys. He could be like a, you know... No offense, but he could be like a butter bean of MMA, you know, or he could really go for it. You know, Roy Nelson, dude, has a chance against a lot of fucking people, man. And Roy Nelson, if he loses weight, has a chance of again, uh, the more weight he loses, the better condition he gets, the more people he's going to be able to beat. That guy's a beast, man. You see what he did at Crow Cop once he got his back? Yep. He's a fucking beast, and he took some shots in that fight. Crow Cop hit him with some bombs, man. There's an animated gif of Crow Cop having him up against the fence, and he's uh, covering up and rolling with punches, and Crow Cop is just blasting him, dude, just b- full blast, because he knows that Roy's not following back, and Roy just ate it all. He just ate it all. I mean, he can fucking take it, man. Yeah. That I've guy's known him, tough as shit. I've known him for a long-ass time, and I've always kn- known him as a jiu-jitsu guy, so him becoming this... Badass striker is crazy, shocking. I've known him for a long time, and he's always been really good with jujitsu. I he, think he's just a badass. Period. You know, I mean, he might have this, you know, overweight body, but that dude is underneath all that shit. He's a, he's like, you know, he's like a super athlete that has like a, a disadvantage, like a super athlete that wears a weight vest when he goes into a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, t- you know how badass he would be at two hundred five. Holy shit. Yep. Now, what, what's up with that? What, what was your thoughts on the Henderson-Shogun fight? It was the greatest fight in the history of, of fights. The, the greatest? Yeah, I think it was the greatest fight of all time. Yeah, I do. Of all time? <clears throat> yeah. Whoa. And it wasn't because both guys were in the best shape they could have possibly be in. And it wasn't because, you know, it, it, it wasn't because they were at the top of their game. I, it was because it was so fucking real. Yeah. It went back. 
back and forth, and Shogun came so close to getting stopped. And Dan Henderson, God damn, can he punch hard? He yeah. broke Shogun's whole face, dude. Yeah. Shogun's whole face is fucked. He's, he might have to get his you know face put back together yeah. again. You know, he's got yeah. like orbital fractures and cheek fractures and shit. Yeah. And he gutted through that, and then wind up taking Henderson down. I mean, dude, it was crazy. I mean, it wasn't the best display of defense versus offense, or two guys that you know in the putting on like a, you know a GSP Anderson Silva type performance but what it was was fucking as far as like matchups you couldn't get a tighter matchup it, they were so close it ended just like Rocky won yeah you know when Rocky yep. basically beat his ass and and Apollo Creed got saved by the bell at the yeah. end and they were like yeah. Apollo thought you know yeah. uh, Rocky won but you know, he wouldn't say it. He wouldn't admit it. Well, Dana said that he thought that it was a draw. I honestly haven't watched it again. <clears throat> like, if you, if you, so there's a thing about when you're doing commentary, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be entertaining. I'm not trying to explain what's happening. And you're not looking at it as, like, very precisely and cleanly as if you were writing down things only. Like, remember when you used to judge? He, Eddie had a system that was pretty smart. He, wrote, he broke down a, a piece of paper, and then he would you know, have one guy's name on one side, one guy's name on the other side, and then you would break it down by strikes, takedowns. Yeah. You had like, all these different categories, and you yeah. would check off each category. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd have like a shorthand method for different flurries and different punches so that, man, you forget. By yeah. the end of the round, yeah. you will forget. You, you will look forget. back, and I'm like, okay, in the beginning of the round, he had a takedown. That's right. You forget certain Especially shit. if something really big happens. Yeah. You know, and then you get locked onto that for a second. Yeah. You can forget what happened <laughs> yeah. in the beginning of that round. So, and then you put it all together, and when it's close, I just look at them. Okay. I have, he had two big right hands. He had a, a five leg kicks. He had a takedown. Hmm. Hmm. And I have a, yeah. some time to think about it. And I go, ah. And you could, instead mm-hmm. of thinking about it in your head and going back and forth, you actually <clears> see <throat> what happened. Yeah, there's so many times where it's a 10-9 round where they just fucking flip a coin, man. It's like, you know, who the hell yeah. knows? You know, there's some 10-9 rounds that really should be draws, you know? Yeah. It's, there's there's got to be a difference between, uh, you know, one of those rounds where nothing really happened, but dude landed three leg kicks and the other dude landed a good left hook to the body, and that's it. That That's a 10-9 round, and then the last round of... Henderson Shogun is a 10-9 round two. Like, there's, there's, they got to give more 10-8s. They got to give more 10-10. They got to. And, and, mm-hmm. and I hear the commission is telling these judges to not give 10-10s and not give 10-8s. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <clears throat> you know, they should give more. I don't think, I, I think people don't want to see uh, draws. They want to see a clear, decisive decision. But sometimes the correct answer is it's a draw. You know, yeah. and you can't make a winner in the, you know, if you don't want to. You shouldn't. You shouldn't as a judge. You know, I hope no commissions actually encourage them to do that because that seems like they're meddling with the results. Yeah, that's what it? I read on the underground. But, you <clears throat> know. That might not be right. We, we, yeah. should, we should be careful before yes. we say something like that. Yeah, that's just a rumor that, that the commission is telling the judges. I mean, I think that's I real. Not. I hope that's not true. That, that, that seems like they're tampering with the results. You know, saying that you have to pick a winner on one side or the other. There are times where you shouldn't pick a winner. You know, it's, it's going to be unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, but there are fights that are draws, man. There, there are fights that are absolutely draws. Like the um, a lot of people, a lot of people, the Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard, the second fight. You know, the crazy one. Yeah, the last one was crazy too. The third one was pretty fucking crazy too. Yeah, but the second one, um, I mean, that is that's about as close to a draw as you're going to get, right? Yeah. Don't you think? You know what? I have to see it again. 
I don't remember. Too I have much. to see it again too, but I remember thinking like back and forth, and what a first round for Gray Maynard, and you know, I mean, Frankie Edgar was as that any three out of five judges could have easily stopped that fight. You know, if they're trigger happy, if they'll stop fights early, either either one of those knockdowns. There's a few knockdowns where he went down where a care a, a judge who's like ultra careful would have stopped it. Yeah. Or a just like the Shogun, Shogun could have easily been yeah. stopped. It felt like easily. it was it should have been stopped yep. like for a second. Yep. But when you you can't really you can't really say that because the fight wasn't stopped and it was let go and Shogun did come back. So that was great refereeing by Josh Rosenthal. Yeah. I mean, he, to me, Josh and, and Herb, they're just the best. The best. They yeah. don't stop shit too early. Nothing pisses me off more than, you know, as far as a ref goes, is stopping a goddamn fight too early. Shit. Yeah. Let's see a decisive win. You winner. know, I said that about uh, Kung Lee and Vanderlei Silva. I said I don't, I don't agree with that stoppage because Kung Lee was still holding on to a single and Vanderlei hit him with a couple of hammer fists. But then, you know, when Kung got up, he didn't seem to complain and his nose was smashed. You know, and maybe the referee being closer to the action had a better idea of that yeah. Kung was, he was probably close to stopping it anyway. I thought the same but, thing. But I saw the hammer fist, and I was like, that's not enough, man. You, you know, it's like the guy's still trying. Because, look, Shogun came back, you know, yeah. and he was still trying. Yeah. I, I like to see Brock guys. Brock came back. Remember yeah. Brock came yeah. back? Yeah. Fights that could have easily been stopped. Yeah. Just, you know. I like to see guys come back. It's, it's fun. I don't mean, you know, to be disrespectful to a referee when I say they shouldn't stop it. It's just it's just an opinion thing. You know, you don't have to agree with it. But I think you got to give guys the opportunity to win. you got to give guys the opportunity. If he's still fighting, you know, he wasn't covering up and in a ball and in a fetal position eating shots. He was grabbing his leg. And he's very likely done. Very likely would have just taken even more unnecessary punishment. But I think you got to give him a chance, you know. Dudes can pull shit off, man. Yeah. Dudes, you know. And Kong Lee's a bad motherfucker. I'm not saying that he would have pulled it off, but I, it, it ain't appeared, a bad stoppage. It ain't a bad stoppage. Yeah. You know it appeared I mean? to me as well, right? When he stopped it, I'm like, oh, man, that was too quick. But mm-hmm. he never, he didn't get up on his feet for a while. Yeah. He stayed on his knees. It was a good stoppage. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a good stoppage, but it was his, it was like a judgment call that he made over, you know, Kong trying. You know, he's yeah. like, I think you're done. And he was right. He was right. And, you know, maybe he would have been able to pull something off, but most likely not. Most likely he would have just taken more shots. And, you know, Vandalay Silva was like vintage Vandalay Silva in that fight, dude. When he got the, the clinch and was delivering those knees, damn, I was like, I remembered how awesome he was with knees when, like, in the Rampage fights in Pride. He's one of the best, man. When he gets that plum clinch on your neck, oh, my God. He puts so much into those knees. I'm like, I hadn't seen a guy knee somebody like Vanderlei did in a long time. Yeah. It was like the last one was, um, who the fuck Killer B, Ben Saunders. Yeah. Remember, he fought some dude and gave him a, a vicious barrage of knees like that. What dude was that? I don't remember the dude he fought. A yeah. Hawaiian gentleman, I believe. Killer B, Ben Saunders. He's got some crazy rubber guard variation shit going on, right? Yeah, Didn't he yeah. invent some, some other technique where yeah. he had his arm through it? I actually seen Tiago Tavares play rubber guard in that way. Yeah. But not successfully, but he tried it a few times in the UFC. Uh, that, but... A killer B, Ben Saunders, he was able to uh, use that control very effectively against a high-level jiu-jitsu guy, a black belt. I think he was a world champion as well and totally stuffed him, and he did it over and over and over again throughout the fight. So it's I never play that style of rubber guard, but um, 
uh, it's I got I mean eventually I'll I'll uh, dive into it. It just feels kind of uncomfortable for me right now, but it's uh, it's it's looked awesome. I mean, <laughs> Ben always told me he said, "Dude, can't wait for you to see my rubber guard, man. I got to kill the rubber guard." And he's been saying that for a couple of years. I just haven't seen it. He hasn't really been in a position. That's probably the number one hole. If you had to pick, like, what's the most common hole that fighters have in their game in MMA? It's a guard, right? Wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. Because there's some dudes, there's a few dudes that, you know, you go on the ground with them, and like, like a Vinny Magalhaes. Yeah. You go on the ground with Vinny Magalhaes, you get in his guard, you're very likely to get fucked up. Yeah, he's very at likely. least going to make it so you can't it's dangerous. punch dangerous, yeah. The rubber guard is, is ma- you know, it's, it's defensive, uh, powers are just I mean you can't if you if you're breaking your opponent down and you have him in, in mission control or invisible collar it's impossible for him to hurt you so. yeah you're fully clinched you yeah. know and you know you wear him out trying to trying to get out of it it's very hard to get out it's a lot of effort yeah it's it really comes down to you know MMA fighters have so much to do they don't have time to develop some new game Isn't that you know crazy? What I mean? there's just so much to do because you got to do your kickboxing you got to do your wrestling and then you got to do your jiu-jitsu and then you got to run and then you got to do your strength and conditioning yeah. there's so much to do the only way you're gonna get better at anything anything in life is by drilling it putting numbers in massive numbers drill 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 and you don't there's just there's just no time to drill new positions when you're an MMA fighter. You got so much to do. You know what happens is in striking, that's all they do is drill because you can't really spar 100% all the time. So if you want to work on your striking, you're going to be working on drills because you can't just go knocking out your your training partner. So you're forced to drill all the time. So you see these guys that are wrestlers, and, and within three years, their striking is tremendous. I mean, you have Frankie Edgar's like a professional kickboxer. You're seeing these guys, Dominic Cruz, because in, when they're working on the striking, they have to work on their drills. That's all there is. When jiu-jitsu, they look at it different. Most MMA fighters will, will uh, they'll, they'll just roll and work on their jiu-jitsu. Because it's more fun. Yeah, they'll just roll. And, cause you and have by to roll, roll, for people who don't know, it means spar. Yeah, it's spar. It's it's so jujitsu is the only sport that you could spar a hundred percent and 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 no one gets hurt really. I mean, and you're practicing tapping your opponent out a hundred percent. You can act. You can't do that with kickboxing. You just can't. So, what ends up happening in jujitsu? There's not that much drilling. There's not that much working on spending time working on new techniques. It's just sparring with punches, and sparring is very important. It's very, very, you got to do that. But you also, to add weapons to your jujitsu, to just pile them on, to add different submissions, you have to set time aside to just drill. Put the numbers in to these submission holds that you want to add to your game. If you're not a, a, a guillotine master, it's not because the guillotine doesn't work. There's plenty of people out there that are proven the guillotine you get really good at it man it's a dangerous weapon if your guillotine isn't good you need to put you need to practice that over and over and over again and no one does there's just when in mma there's just not enough time to set 20 minutes aside every other day to work on uh new submission holds and to to sharpen them up you know so that's really the problem is there's just not enough time to practice new moves. Yeah, it's it's often for a fighter. It's maybe sometimes the best thing to, to come to MMA with is one thing where you're super awesome at it, whether it's judo or kickboxing, one thing that you're already awesome at, yes. and then sort of incorporate all the other stuff into it. 
you know, because yeah. it seems like it's real hard for a guy to be learning everything and be awesome at anything. It's real hard. It's real hard to, you know, like to reach a Damian Maya jiu-jitsu level when Damian Maya was just pure jiu-jitsu, you know, to mm -hmm. reach that level. It's so hard to be doing that while you're trying to be a great kickboxer and also yes. trying to be a great wrestler. Yeah. Whereas yep. Damien is just concentrate only on positions and submissions and bang, bang, bang. He's going through numbers on you. And you, you, you're adding in all this other stuff. And when you add in all the other stuff, you just don't have the time to put in the kind of focus that he has. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you're better off coming in, in with one specialty. Yeah. You know? and generally, wrestling is probably the, the best. best. Although yeah. a lot of other sports do translate beautifully into... Uh, MMA uh, grappling, especially like if you played soccer your whole life, man, you you're you're, yeah. you're, you're you can learn jujitsu really quick and, and excel really quick. And the same thing with striking. Mm. If you play football your whole yeah. life, you're used to be your, your explosiveness is at a you know at at the highest levels. And um, capoeira and break dancing, all that stuff translates because in in break dancing, the kind of stuff they're doing nowadays. It's just the amount of balance needed to pull these moves off Ridiculous. is off the charts. It's, it's way more balance required than wrestling. In wrestling, you need a lot of balance. But in breakdancing, you've got to spin and flip and land on one hand, all this balance. So yeah. when, they, when you teach them jujitsu, they're like, all I've got to do is stay on top and not get swept? Oh, my God, this is easy. It's like <laughs> kindergarten. You know? yeah, it's easy. It's super easier. balance. Yeah, Bill Cooper is a, is a prime example of that. Bill Cooper is one of the greatest... American jiu-jitsu players and he's been a break dancer his whole life and you know it wasn't a shocker well it you know I didn't find out too recently but it's no surprise that he went out and just dominated the American scene in jiu-jitsu and he's doing MMA now too and um, uh, uh, there's a jiu-jitsu guy named Cobrina who did capoeira which is like you know African or Brazilian like dancing fighting type thing and they do all these crazy flips and, and he did capoeira his whole life he started jiu-jitsu in his early 20s and now he's amazing he's one of the the best jiu-jitsu guys on on the planet at his weight um and he'll tell you that it's from the capoeira like all that bounce he's such an amazing athlete that uh jiu-jitsu is easy to him you know it totally makes sense you know i would think that anybody who does gymnastics or yes yes know, that translates yeah, for sure totally translates yeah, yeah for sure like you know i have a son coming and he'll be coming in march i'm gonna i'm gonna get him into all that stuff i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna try to get him into break dancing gymnastics wrestling mm. for sure the other thing is uh when you you can develop really high level striking and then develop takedowns that's the other terrifying fighter like the guys like anderson you know, like in the Yushinokami fight, yeah. his, he had some sick takedown defense. Yep. And then you're forced to stand up with him, and that's a goddamn disaster. Yep. You know, that's the, that's the other style. And the only way you can get to be as good as Anderson is at striking is, I believe, you have to focus purely on striking for a long time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Anderson was, you know, m pretty much a Muay Thai fighter initially. You know, until I think it was, I think it was really like the Noguera brothers before he really put his ground game together, right? That's after, I mean, he had yeah. a ground, a little bit of a ground game from Shootbox. But you I see think a lot of guys the out there, you see it in their career early. They were easy to take down. Then they got mm -hmm. a little harder. Now they're almost impossible to take down. You see yeah. the progression. You yeah. see the progression of the striking. Yeah. You know, you see them getting a lot better. I mean, quick. Because yeah. all they do is drill. Like in wrestling, those are just drills. Wrestling is just mostly drills, you know? Can you imagine how, how long it would take to get 
good at throwing combinations if you never drilled and you all you did was spar. Like you would never develop any kind of combos. Yeah, you never. Yeah. It would be impossible. They all would never you did flow. Yeah, it like, would just be really basic stuff. Yeah. It wouldn't be crisp. The it, technique would be terrible. If you think of like a one-two left hook to the body that you practice over and over on yeah. the back, that that wham. How yeah. are you ever gonna pull that off? Just randomly in real life, you know, you would you would even think like that. Yeah. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to learn it first. Learn it first, develop the movement, and then start doing it. It's the beauty of jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is so yeah. amazing and so awesome because you can spar 100% and no one gets hurt, and you're actually working on killing techniques and bone-breaking techniques. It's, it's like paintball for hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's so much fun. You can actually spar. You can't do that with any other uh, as a combat sport. It's so cool and so awesome that people don't, drill as much as they should especially in mma especially you don't you don't see fighters like oh early in his career he was good at these two submissions and then in the middle of his career he added these two and then towards the end he started hitting these and these you never see that you never see that mm. the only the only the one guy that i did see uh, um, evolve and add uh, different submissions is Noguera. Noguera in the beginning was the triangle king early in his career. It's like, man, this big dude has a great guard. He's triangling everybody. Then you didn't see triangles for a while. Then he started anaconda choking people, you know, and throwing some guillotines. So you saw the, oh, damn, he's getting good at anaconda chokes now. You see that dude, because he, the, he hit some of the dopest anaconda chokes in MMA. That takes, us right, to, that takes us right to Bob Sapp, Noguera. Yeah. How perfect was that? Yeah. You got that queued yeah. up? Listen, we're going to play <laughs> this fight. We were, Eddie and I were talking about uh, all-time great fights, and we, we, we uh, played a, a Kimbo Slice versus Tank Abbott fight on my phone. We weren't sure if they fought, and we played it on my phone uh, outside of Legends in Hollywood where we train. And uh, we, were, we were just doing commentary while it was going on. And we were like, damn, you know, this is a fight that we forgot even happened. You know, it's yeah. cool to watch like an old fight. So we're going to watch. Uh, we haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in a long time. We're going to do our, our best impression of it's Beavis an, and Butthead watching a fight. iconic fight. In MMA, this is one of the most iconic fights of all time. Minotaro Noguera versus Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp was the biggest human being to ever walk the face of the earth. He doesn't even look real in this video. He's like 350 pounds, all muscle. All muscle. And he's fighting the jiu-jitsu god Noguera. Who's only about two, here about 220, and right now he gets pile drived on his head. First move, and this big giant guy is on top of him, punching him over and over and over again. And he's picking him up again, trying to slam him down. And Noguera literally is maybe 150 pounds lighter than this dude. I'll never forget. This is one of those fights where I actually remember what I was thinking. I remember what I was saying while I was watching it. We were watching it at Larry's house, and I kept going. At this point, once he started getting pile driven, I kept going. We were so we were all just yelling and screaming during all of this, and I kept thinking. I kept saying, "He's he's just too big. He's just too big. There's no way he's gonna pull this off. He's just way too fucking big. You he know, can't do shit." It looks like a molestation. Oh, remember when the lights went out? The lights yeah. went out in the middle of the fight. <laughs> they kept fighting. Too. The bookies did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the lights. Cut the light. That's hilarious. And so Minotauro at the time uh, wasn't even the, the heavyweight champion yet, right? He was just coming up. I, I don't he? remember that. I don't remember if he was remember. a champ or not. I don't remember either. But Minotauro had a, a, a wicked triangle. He triangled everybody. He triangled Mark Coleman. His guard was nasty. Back in the day, he was like the first real heavyweight submission badass off his back. Yes. He was the first guy to just... 
put people to sleep. He was my hero. He was my hero. I'm like, finally, we have a a a big jujitsu guy who can finish people off his back. We didn't have that. That's so rare. There was no other Brazilian out there. All the legends, none of them were known for finishing people off their back in MMA. In jujitsu tournaments, they'd be finishing off their back all the time, sweeping. But in MMA, they weren't doing it. And Nogueira was the first one to consistently finish people off his back. And now he's leg kicking him. Now they stood up and he shoots on him. I mean, he is literally 150 pounds bigger. Bob Sapp is so big, it doesn't even look real, man. Yeah. He doesn't look anything like this anymore. I had no hope. At this point, I go, he's done. He's about to get just smashed. I thought it was over. So now Bob Sapp is trying to get Noguera in a guillotine from half guard, but he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's playing around in Minotaro's guard. And he's getting tired now. The thing about a guy that big, there's no way his heart is proportionate to his body. His heart is like having a four-cylinder engine, you know, trying to push a semi. Yeah. You know, there's too much mass, you know. Oh, and he's getting crushed here. He's getting yeah. stomped on. Minotauro is on the bottom. There just seemed no hope at this point. Like, what is he going to be able to do? He hasn't been able to get close to doing anything. He can't even wrap his legs around his shoulders. And Bob Sapp is so fucking strong. He landed a one-two. Minotaro's trying to box with him now. Now Bob Sapp throw, throws a real slow kick. Now Minotaro tees off with a combination, and Bob Sapp pushes him. Bob Sapp is so fucking big, man. God damn. He looks fake. Dude, Minotaro was thrown. I forgot about that. He was thrown down. He said, fuck it. I'm going to stand with this dude and just give it all I have. That's what he did. He just, he's just going for it right dude, here, man. Look, look at, at the size of Bob Sapp. He looks fake, man. And him and Minotaro are boxing now. Football players aren't even that big. 350 Nobody's all muscle. That big. That's a cartoon, man. He really does look like a character in, a, in, a, in an animated TV show. He's trying to take down Bob Sapp. It's hilarious. And Minotaro's trying to take him down, but he, he sits out. out. But he sits out. Look at that. Oh, that worked. Oh, my goodness. It worked. And now Minotaro's on top, and now he gets right to side control. And this is that everybody was going crazy. We I were mean, screaming. This is amazing. He finally got on top of him. This is his only hope here. This is his only hope. And Bob Sapp turns over and puts Minotaro in his guard. Minotaro... Oh, he's throwing some crazy up kicks now. Minotaro look, passed his guard again. It looked like he landed a couple of those, too. Yeah, it looked like he did. Minotaro, the other thing about Minotaro is, goddamn, he could take it. He could take it better than anybody, man. Yeah, yeah Fedor pounded on him for yeah. all he three of the take fights. it, dude. Especially earlier in his career, like these days, you know? These we, days when he was young. Dude, we were going nuts right here. Yeah. Going nuts. Like, is he going to be able to pull this off? He's got to do it here. Like, he had to do it here. He knew it. He knew this was it. Oh. What happened? The referee is separating the action right now. Bob Sapp's got a little katu. Katu. So Minotaro gets to stand up and relax. While they, in Japan, if you have a cut, they stop the action almost immediately, and the doctors actually stop the bleeding. The doctors ringside actually, like, will stop the bleeding and put... You know, you know, towels on it and wait, and then, then they determine whether or not the guy can go back in. So for a fighter, sometimes you know it's, it gives him a nice break. In in America, they don't do this. Not right, that no, the doctors don't. The doctors they don't, don't come like in and take a look at a cut and, and stop the bleeding. The doctors don't put like coagulants on it or anything, oh. don't they? I mean, that's like I don't know. That's a good question, that, right? I think so. 
I mean, do they put coagulants on it in Pride? They, they, put, them, they put, put them in the same. Did they put Vaseline on them or did they just uh, wipe it off? I'm not sure. So they put them back in the same spot where Minotaur was inside control. Minotaur's got a, a nice head and arm right here. Bob Sapp is exhausted by this point. He's just, so, it's so crazy how tired he gets. He's just, you know, he's just oh, too big. Oh, and he, he reverses him. Bob Sapp reverses him. Oh, man, yeah. look at that. Into side control. Wow. That was awesome. It looked over at this point. It's like, okay, that was his chance. He just blew it. Dude, he this, just blew it. Now this, it's over. <laughs> this is an all-time classic fight, man. Bob Sapp's hitting him with some hammer fist. Bob Sapp's got his back. Oh, my goodness. Bob Sapp's trying to choke him. Oh, my God. He hammer fists him. Oh, oh. Oh, he's getting beat. Down. Oh, Bob Sapp is gigantic. My God, he's strong. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Dude, he's like a fucking video game character. Look at him back then. Look at this. He's running and trying to stomp on him. Pride had some crazy rules, man. You were allowed to just jump on dudes. <laughs> you could jump on their head. Pride had some nutty rules, man. Now, right now, he's on side control. He's Bob Sapp's on top of him, and Minotaro again, 150 pounds fucking lighter than him, and this, the biggest human ever is underneath him, and he's still hip escaping. He's hip escaping right now, and Bob Sapp punches him in the head, and he gets to half guard. I don't remember how he gets out of this. Dude, I'm, I'm trying oh to remember, Oh, my God. Too. He's getting blasted. Oh, oh my God. Bob Sapp, Sapp just hit him with two haymakers. Jesus. You look at his arms. How much must those punches hurt, man? Oh, my oh. God. He drops at, some hammer fists on his chest. At this point, Bob Sapp seemed unstoppable. Oh, he goes for the arm bar here. What, no. He, he went for a triangle. Wow, he used to go for a wrist control triangle, but he can't control that guy's wrist. There's no way he could put a, a triangle on, on those shoulders. There's no, no way. way he could fit Impossible. it, right? Impossible. Really, right? No way. Look at those shoulders, That's dude. That's crazy. He's so big. He's so big. It's crazy how he just faded into obscurity. Well, I don't you think. You would think he'd be, he'd be I don't dominating. Think he could keep up this level of supplementation for very long. He did great in K1 for a second there. Yeah, he did. He beat Ernesto Hoos twice, bro. Oh, oh he's down again. Yo, he stopped Ernesto Hoos. Think about that shit. Ernesto Hoos, one of the greatest kickboxers ever. And Bob Sapp just kind of beast-fucked him. <laughs> you know? Weren't there rumors that that was fixed? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hear that rumor. If that is, if they did an amazing job of making it look real. I've seen some fights that are for sure fixed. Oh, yeah. Mark this, Coleman, Takata. I, yeah, I didn't want to say that. but Oh, oh nice right hand. They're throwing down. This is so crazy. It just it does not look like it should be happening that a guy that big should be fighting against a guy that much smaller than him. This is the cool thing about Pride, though. They would put on these freak show fights like this, and they would, you know, it would be really interesting to see. Like, you remember when Fedor fought uh, that huge dude? What the hell's his name? Hongman Choi? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh he's got a triangle. No he's way. He's to get a triangle. No way. He's going to pick his ass up and slam him. Look at that. He wow. did. He picked him up and slammed him. He was ferocious in this fight, Bob Sapp. Oh, my God, he was. He's yelling at him now like Nick Diaz. This is when Bob Sapp was the shit, man. This is before Bob Sapp had, you know, got his eye socket broken by Crow Cop. And, you know, back then he was, he was looking to crush everybody, man. Everybody was scared of Bob Sapp. Shit. 
Oh, dude, Bob Sapp just punched him with a serious fucking right hand. And now Minotaro's really trying to get him down. And if he gets him down, then Bob Sapp is fucked. Nope. Minotaro's still on the bottom. Minotaro's bleeding now. He's checking his face. Got a big-ass cut on his cheek. Bob Sapp is over him. God damn how big he is. It doesn't look real, right? No. He really doesn't look like a human being. He looks like an animated character in a Hobbit movie. And now Minotaro's going for a leg lock here. Minotaro's going for a leg lock here. That's a good idea against big guys. Because generally they're not very good at defending leg locks. Yeah. So Minowal man, he gets everybody with heel hooks. And Minotaro is now on his back. And Bob Sapp's on top of him. Minotaro's trying to hold on to a wrist. He's got two wrists here. Oh, what the fuck? What? We'll go to There's got to be a part two. There must be a part two. Dude, the tension is killing me. That's, that's an all-time classic. An all-time classic. For people who don't know, that was like... Uh, it was almost like... It had always been the, the question, like, how big could a guy be in your jiu-jitsu still works? You know, there's always those questions. And yeah. some guys would say, no, he's too big. You can't even use jujitsu on him. You can't use it. He can't, you can't submit him. And that was, a, you know, what a lot of people were thinking about Bob Sapp. Like, man, how would you submit this guy? Look at the size of him. But look at him breathe, man. He's hyperventilating right yeah. there. He's panicking. He needs to learn some of that Steve Maxwell breathing. <laughs> Got to control your breath, son. And now they're checking... Um, Minotaro's face because he's got a cut. In the, in the Japanese shows, the doctors would actually stop the bleeding like this. And now they're checking his eyes too to make sure he could still see. Yeah, they put some coagulant on it, it looks like. Yeah, Minotaro, I thought he, uh, I forgot he took so much damage. Did you remember he took so much damage? This. I, I remembered it as being a shorter fight. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I didn't realize he was getting his ass kicked like uh, several times in the fight. Well, it's also one of the things that was kind of wild about Pride was that 10-minute first round. That 10-minute first round was a motherfucker, man. 10 minutes is crazy. 10 minutes is nuts. And what else Pride did? One other thing Pride did that I really like is that they judged the fight as a whole. So the last part of the fight was like very important. Who was winning at the end was very important. Like, well, how did it turn out? Well, if it turns out at the end, you're kicking that person's ass. Really, if you, know, if you walked up on a street fight and at the end of it, the guy was on top and punching the guy in the face, that guy's the winner, you know? And he's getting his ass kicked again. He's just tall, oh, big shot. hammer-fisted by this enormous human being. Oh, he's getting killed. You got to see this, folks. Even if you're not a jiu-jitsu or an MMA fan, just see this for the human spectacle of it because it's so ridiculous. The round ended. I didn't even know the round ended. Yeah. So this is a second round. Yeah. Wow. It ends early in the second round. And he goes back, and look at that. He's with Mario fucking Sperry, dude. This is classic stuff. That was his new boy he was bringing up. God damn. He got dropped on his head, dude. Remember when Gilbert Ivo got knocked out, or Gilbert Ivo knocked out Gary Goodridge? Yes. He laid him out with that head kick. Yeah. Laid him out. He was asleep for like five minutes. When he woke up, this was an, I worked that pride. When he woke up, 
he this is what he told me he thought because he's from he's from uh canada he thought when he was standing there with all the people on the music he thought he was at a rave in toronto for an hour he thought he was at a rave and his sister which was who uh, gary Goodrich's sister is always with him i got his fights he thought that was just some chick that he picked up at a rave in Toronto for an hour. Know, he didn't even know it was his sister. He didn't know. He didn't know he was in Japan. Oh he, my god. he thought he was just fucked up on drugs. <laughs> oh <laughs> he thought it was god. just gone. <laughs> oh my god. That's wow. another classic fight that lasts. Here we go. Round two. This is the replay. Oh shit. Okay. Oh, there's the pile drive. Bam. Oh my god. That hurt his neck and it it, it yeah. bothered him for years. Yeah. That's what I heard. Did he ever get it fixed? Ah, that's a good question. I think so. This fight might have ruined him, right? Man. You know, who knows how good he could have been if he didn't take the Look damage he took Look at these Donkey Kong shots. He connected oh five God. or six straight. Hammer fist after hammer fist. Do you think that this fight, like the kind of beating that he took in this fight, I mean, you can only take so many of these beatings. But this was a long time ago, and he seems to be um, okay now. <laughs> he seems to be. Well, at the time, he was like jujitsu savior. Yeah. You know? He was my biggest hero. Yeah, I remember you, you used to get so fired up when this dude would fight. Yeah, I was like, finally, a dude who can finish people off his back. I'm a big fan of that. You know that. Oh, and he tags Bob Sapp right in the beginning of the first round, or the second round. He's in way better shape going into the second round. And now he's moving around and boxing. Oh, shit. He's throwing down, dude. Oh, he just got hit with the left. And while we're watching this, I mean, the crazy thing is the Japanese fans, they, they hardly even cheer. It's like real quiet and respectful. <laughs> they have such a different way of uh, appreciating fighting, you know? They're a lot louder now. Are they now? Yeah, they become they're Americanized? Yeah, they're, they're, they're figuring out oh, the Americans ruined, do it. We ruined another culture. <laughs> <laughs> we ruined their martial arts culture. They're yelling that shit. They don't even know what it means. Like, uh, kick yeah. his ass, sea bass. <laughs> They're yelling that shit out and have no idea what it is. Sort of like uh, white guys with Japanese tattoos. Yeah. That's Stand him up, ref. Ah, <laughs> they don't even know. They don't even know what it means. <laughs> That's hilarious. They just, they've been a couple UFCs. I wish I had gone to the glory days of pride. That's one of the things that I wish I saw. You got to, you were there. You did commentary for yep. the glory days, man. Yep. Pride 10. Yeah, dude. Who was the first card you uh, you did commentary with? Who was fighting? Ooh, shit. That was Pride Ten. That was uh, Vanderlei Silva against Guy Mesger. Great, oh fi- great God, fight. What a fight. H- Henzo Sakuraba. Remember that? Yeah, Henzo Sakuraba. Yep. Look Shamrock. at this. Look at this. Look at this. He's locking it up an oh. armbar. Boom. He got slammed. He got slammed, but Bob Sapp's getting tired. He's locking up a triangle. He no can't way. lock up the triangle. No way. He Too can't greasy. lock it up. He can't lock it up. He's going to have to switch. He's oh. going to switch to the arm bar. Oh, look at this. Oh, what did he do? Oh, wow. Guy's too big. Who has more heart than Nogara? No one. Nobody. No one ever. Oh, this is what he get. He got him from this. The peak out. Yeah. Remember? Oh. He reversed him this way. Yeah. He's, he did it before, early in the fight. It worked. He peaked out. But he's tried it a couple times since, and it hasn't worked. I think, I think that's how he gets him. And now he's on his back. Bob Sapp's getting tired. Oh, my God, he's so big. <laughs> so ridiculous. And Nogueira's going for a Kimura here. I don't remember this. I don't remember this at all. Do you remember this? 
I'll say, Kimura, this big dude, really? Oh, that's right. He mounts him from here, remember? He rolls him over with his Kimura. He throws his when he when he's doing this he he throws his left leg over the top. That's how he gets him, right? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sweeps him with this. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, uh, uh. Oh man, oh come my on! God. You couldn't even yes. put that in a movie. You oh my God, he sweeps him. But it pops that pushed him right off. <laughs> oh my God, he swept him for one second. Oh, but now he's got his arm. His right arm is in deep. His right arm is in deep if he can hold his wrist there. His right arm's deep across. He's going to do it. Oh, he's trying a triangle he's again. He's going to try a triangle it's on the other side. Work, son. Oh, my God. Wow. He's holding on to that wrist, though. It's amazing that Bob Sapp is, still has gas, right? It is amazing. But this is, this is where he got him. That's now it. he peeked out. He's on top. Now. Yeah, now. Now he's in side control. Oh, my God. And Bob Sapp can't breathe. He can't breathe, and now he's getting pounded on. And Nogueira's punching him in the face. He's going to take that left arm. This is incredible. This is, at the time, this was King Kong versus Godzilla, man. <laughs> this was, oh, my God. Then he, he sits back for the arm bar. Everyone's going nuts at Larry's house right now. We were losing our minds. Oh, right my God. We were screaming. screaming. Oh, man. He oh, gets it. Oh, he, it. Gets he it. taps. Dude, right there. We're going nuts. Was, everybody was going ape shit. This was just a victory for technique. A victory for jiu-jitsu. That was a pure jiu-jitsu. And, and, and Nogara. Yeah. You know, Nogara was like the perfect vehicle because he was so tough. Dude, that was the greatest fight of all time. Yeah. That's the greatest. Right I there. think it's got to be right <laughs> up there. It's got to be right up there. Just for the sheer, first of all, the sheer fucking beating he went through, man. Getting dumped on his head like that by that 350, 370-pound guy smashes him down on his head like that just to get through that, man. How'd that not put him out? All those hammer fists he got hit with? How about we were going to put him in that fuck bed uh, uh, sketch we wrote for the man show? Remember that? That's right. (laughs) He agreed to do it, too. That's right. What what were we going to say? The sketch was, it was a commercial parody called The Fuck Bed. And the commercial starts. It was with, like a really sturdy yeah, a, bed. A, that you yeah, a, guy, a guy's banging some chick. This is how a commercial started. A guy's banging a chick. The, the bed falls apart and it breaks. And she goes, You're a fucking asshole. And grabs her shit and leaves. And he looks at the camera like, Oh, fuck. You know, his bed broke. So that you come on. He goes, If this ever happened to you. And then it's a, it's a, a fuck bed that's built with, uh, for the frame, it's like steel gurneys. And the headboard was like tatami mats and shit. <laughs> And we're gonna test it. We're gonna, we're test, you were gonna be like in a, in a in those white coats testing it with a clipboard, a lab coat, yeah. a lab coat. There you go. And Bob Sapp was gonna be fucking <laughs> uh, blow up dolls. He'd be <laughs> testing the bed yeah. by fucking, and then they'd be constantly blowing up, and dudes giving him new blow up dolls. Bring me more, yeah, more. Ah! Yeah, and Bob Sapp was totally down to do it. Yeah, damn. <laughs> the fuck. That man. was another good bit that got kiboshed yeah. at the higher levels. Yeah, there was nobody like Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp in his prime like that back in that fight, that was a character in a movie, man. He was a character in a movie. He beat Ernesto Hoos twice. I mean, you can take, take, you know, say, oh, he was so big and he was so much bigger. That is true. That is true. That is true. However, it's Ernesto Hoos. And Ernesto Hoos dropped him. Ernesto Hoos dropped him with a fucking leg kick. He dropped him once, I think, with a leg kick and once with a body shot. 
So it wasn't like he didn't sustain damage. He he had to pull himself out of the fire to beat that guy. He would have been perfect for WWE, right? Fuck yeah. Come on, Bob oh Sam. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is uh, not doing his homework. Well, I just don't know how long you could stay that big. You know, it's you can't just stay that big forever. You the know, Rock you, has. You, the, no one's that big, man. Okay. No one's that big. Come on, no yeah. one's ever. No one's ever stayed that big. He forever. wasn't that tall. He was six four. And just right. wide as hell. Giant. 350 all muscle? Holy no, shit. I've, I've never seen a human being in life that was real that looked like Bob Sapp. Damn. Never. There was nobody like him. Yeah. Just by his sheer size, like you couldn't reach him. He could put his arms out and just block everything. He just had so much mass. And he got so famous in Japan. He was Huge. like Michael Jackson famous. He couldn't go anywhere. When yeah. he'd go to Japan, he would never leave his hotel room because he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, he would get mobbed left and right. He yeah. was a huge, huge star in Japan. But apparently, as time went on, they started having uh, disagreements about you know financial issues. And I don't know what happened, but he walked out on a show. They were trying to get him to fight without a contract or something like that. And he said, no, I'm, I want my contract first, and then I'll fight. And they said, no, 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 after the fight, we'll give you your contract. And he was like, what? Fuck this. I'm leaving. And so he left, and then he was in trouble for a long time. And that was sort of the last... You know, the last of the big hurrah of Bob Sapp in Japan. He's still fighting now. I don't know where he's fighting, though. But, you know, in Japan, that, that run that he had when he was a huge national superstar, you know, he would sing songs and shit. Dude, how about he had, that, like, an album. Remember that commercial he did with the bananas? Oh, my God. Dude, yeah. that was crazy. Crazy. Ja- Japanese yeah. are racist. Oh, my God. He, he Not all of them. <laughs> he, yeah, <laughs> I he, take that back. They don't, they, they don't understand some of the racist stuff that... Uh, um, that things that we would think are racist, like Bob Sapp did a banana commercial or something. Well, I think, like, yeah, I think you know it's okay in their culture. It's okay to like make a big black guy eat bananas because they don't have that many big black guys over there. So when when you have one for them, it, they don't register how fucked up it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think also Japanese are like they they have they're really uh, Japan centric. You know, Japanese people really, uh, you know what I'm saying? They they really focus on on, on on other Japanese people. I wouldn't say they're racist. As no, much no. As I, they I, they I, have I, a lot of unity yeah, amongst I take Japan. that back. I didn't mean they're racist. I meant, well, that, it, w- that commercial that they put Bob Sapp in eating those bananas, oh. in America, that would have been. But just think no. of the, all the other freaky shit they do. Think about, like, the little girls' underwears, or not little yeah. girls, but chicks' underwears, rather, that you can buy in dispensers, you know, yeah. right next to a Coke machine. And yeah. they, they, they're into some different next-level shit. And they're obsessed with little schoolgirls and their outfits. Yeah, man. I mean, they're different, you know. So wow. who's to say? I love them, man. I mean, and they're maybe maybe they're right. Maybe it is funny to watch Bob Sapp eat a bunch of bananas. You know, go ahead. <laughs> you know, but whatever it is, he was uh, at one point in time. He was one of the fucking biggest stars in the country. One day we'll we'll see pictures of Bob Sapp skinny. You think you know, so? Like one ninety. Yeah, have you they're ever coming. At, you like, can't you can't keep that shit up. You ever looked at pictures of Dorian Yates now? You know, who Dorian Yates is. Black guy? No, no. Dorian White Yates. Guy? Yeah, he's the he was the English guy who was the uh, Mr. Olympia, one of the thickest guys of all time, dude. And he's really skinny now. Yeah, now he's like busted out on the on the internet. Look for a picture if you can find it. Dorian Dorian Yates. I mean, he was just immense at one point in time. He and was, now he's skinny. Yeah, now he's normal sized. You know, and you don't see any pictures of him now with a shirt off. I think some of these dudes when they retire, they just don't even lift weights anymore. They're like, fuck this, I'm done. 
And good luck getting your balls to work, right? Good luck. Good yeah. luck. Good luck. What did you do? You, you, <laughs> you, you, you jacked him to 10. See, this is him when he was in his prime. We're looking at pictures when he was in his prime. I mean, he was fucking immense, man. That's not even him at his biggest. But look how fucking big he is, man. There was, there was him when he got even bigger. Because these guys, they have to keep getting bigger every year. Everybody else gets bigger and they get more defined and, you know, guys take things to the next level. It's like this right now is sort of not that big in comparison to how guys look today. You know, this is I mean, not that long ago either. And then Lee Haney came after him, right? Was it Dorian Yates and then Lee Haney? Is that what it was? Or am I getting it confused? Lee Haney's a black guy? Yeah, look at that picture right there. Click on that. Click on that one. No, 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 the one that you just had up here. Click on that. Click on that. Look at the fucking size of him, dude. Holy Jesus shit. Christ. There's a picture of him with his little Speedos holding another guy with his little Speedos. They're holding hands. And, and, he, and he is so fucking enormous. This was when he was at his peak. He was probably 300 fucking pounds of muscle here, man. That's ridiculous. I wonder how much he actually weighed. Guy is there a picture immense. of him? But there's a picture of him today. Look up Dorian Yates today. Brian, stop doing that. He gained me out, man. He's bouncing, <laughs> bouncing them up and down their little bikinis on. So, Eddie, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about uh, um, this, um, this Occupy Wall Street situation. I'm going to take a piss because I have to. Okay. So have a little chit-chat with Brian for the next 30 seconds. Okay. When we come back, I want to know how, what you feel about this Operation Wall Street, uh, Occupy Wall Street shit. I'll be right okay. back. Is this him today right here? Um... Well, no, that can't be him today. That's crazy. Imagine if you just looked down and saw that. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So how's the comedy going? Uh, I have been so busy, I haven't been writing. So You still go up? But I go up every week, twice a week, something like that. Just keep going up. Yeah. You know? It's crazy because uh, the practice. you know Steve Ren is easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did a Spider-Man joke, which is one of my bits – Almost, like I'm talking about coming in a hotel room and throwing it on. He said the window, but I say the walls. But uh, and going Spider Man. So it's so weird that as a comic, you see that other side of where you write something, and then you're like, oh yeah, you know. But did he? It's weird. Who did it first? Oh, I, I did it first, but I didn't create Spider Man like as in throwing cum. You know, yeah. that's I've heard Patrice O'Neill say it before. Uh, well, now I've seen it. Like I've, I've so just someone else has I've just, used it. Yeah, I think. Well, when I was a kid, I used to call it like all of my friends would call it Spider Manning. So okay. I don't think it was something like somebody just like in 1997 I yeah. created Spider Man. I think that's just like an old term or something, oh, okay. or maybe an old slang from the it. 80s. Uh, but yeah, it's weird seeing that, and then it just it does make you just want to write more jokes, and so it doesn't really matter. But it's just weird seeing it because then anyone that saw that uh, that show uh, will know that joke already. And then it sounds like I took it from the the show. You know, that's so weird. What are you talking about? I missed Uh, Spider-Man. You know, like that Spider-Man joke they had on the league the other day. Yeah. And you know what? Apparently uh, Patrice O'Neill had been doing that before that. Yeah. That's why I was just saying. Spider-Manning is actually a a term. term. Yeah. So it's like saying a blowjob joke. But the idea of doing it in a hotel room and throwing it on the wall, that's kind of weird. Well, son, sometimes you just got to let shit go. Have you had that happen? Like just yeah. like like jokes being on TV and then you're like, I don't feel like you've been doing that joke now because sure. it feels like I'm copying it off of the league. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, if you, you come to the same – especially if it's a, a quick one-liner, right. you know, like an obvious one-liner, you know, it's, it's easily 
it's easy to for that to happen. Or and then also, you know, for a lot of comics, this this unfortunately does happen, where like writers of TV shows will go to see stand-ups and they'll take a bit and yeah. they'll turn that bit into a TV show. Yeah, you know, it seems like that happens a lot for like Saturday Night Live and shit like that. I always yeah. hear comics talking well, about that. Well, because people are desperate. Yeah. They're desperate and they want to keep their job. And a lot of these writers, same thing. They're desperate and they want to keep their job. Yeah, I've had a couple friends that got, uh, you know, ripped off. Kevin James was the funniest one, man. Kevin James went to, uh, um, he had a big development deal with NBC. And um, uh, when they have a big development deal, they'll do shows and uh, he'll do stand-up in front of all these different writers and all these different producers. And they all tried to figure out what sort of a vehicle to develop with him. So uh, he does his show and a year and a half later, one of his bits is on Seinfeld. Yeah, and That's somebody. Crazy. I mean, it's the fucking the the taglines are the same. I mean, it's ridiculous. And that just kills the bit. It killed his bit. You know, he had to, he had to drop he, the he, bit. Yeah. And you know, I don't know that the guy saw him, but I don't think it's that coincidental that here's this really hilarious comedian who has this bit about muffins, about muffin tops. Like he only liked the top of the muffin. He had this whole detailed bit about it. I'd known Kevin for years by then. I'd, I'd see it was like one of his strongest bits. And then all of a sudden, he does it on top of these guys, in front of these guys, and somebody takes it and yanks it for a TV show. I don't know if that actually happened for a fact, but it certainly seems like, like it, it happened. Yeah. It seems like it would be e- – that's what it, yeah. a lot of people probably Yeah, guy, guys gank – there's guys ganking ideas, and then there's just parallel thought, Thank which have – parallel thinking is constant. It's common, so common, you know, especially in, in this day and age, you know. With uh, we all have this sort of the same access to information, you know, with Google and with the internet and Twitter and shit, we we have way more access to information than ever before. So it's really for someone to come to a similar conclusion to you is even more likely today, I think, than ever before, right? What do you think? Well, I mean, in some ways, but like with like with my instance, it's like all right, just having a crazy term like Spider Manning and then coming and throwing your cum like on a wall or, or right. stuff like that, which in on the league it was but the window. That not seems really though, dude, because dudes are disgusting. Okay, and when dudes, you would think that flinging your loads like Spider Man and making that. Thing. Yeah. You think you're the first person to think that up? No, no, no. I'm not saying that I'm the first person to think that, but the, I, the joke of being in a hotel room and just doing anything in a hotel room and throwing it and on they, the walls and spider man on the walls. Quite honestly, and I, this is not meaning to be uh, no, I'm, rude. I'm, I, I don't even I've, care. I'm just saying that the, idea, the problem is my I've joke heard, is out. So I've heard a lot of comics talk about doing things in hotel rooms. I've heard a lot of right. comics talk about wrecking hotel rooms. Right, and that, but doing Spider-Man on hotel rooms just right. seems kind of weird. The, the, you know, especially since. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's it's one of those things that could have they could have, you know, you never know. They could have seen you do it or they could have heard you do it rather. Or they could have just come up with it on their own. Right. Because right? you came up with it. Right? right. It's all the idea of the in the hotel room. Yeah. It's all disgusting anyway. And stop throwing your loads around. You fucking freak. <laughs> Maybe Renazizi has been hanging out with Carlos Mencia. <laughs> no, oh, no. Steve is a good guy. Steve Renazizi is the best. He's aces. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's good people. I saw him on that one show. I'm like, oh shit, he's blowing up. Yeah, he is blowing up. Yeah, what, is that, what is that show he's on? League. The League. The yeah, league. yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. Steve Renazzi is a funny guy. Just he's be funny. old school comedy store. Old school. He was one of the guys on the the clip, that video clip with Mencia. He was one of the few guys that stood up to Mencia back then, and told him you steal jokes. Remember? Dude, we used to go to. The, the comedy store every goddamn weekend. Yeah, pretty much. Every weekend. We were at the comedy store for years. For years. Shit. Yeah. I developed my whole act there. 
The whole thing. I didn't even realize my, how hostile my act was until I stopped performing there. <laughs> I didn't even realize I brought my act to the improv and I was like, man, why am I so angry? <laughs> it's like, you know, the comedy store just makes you, makes you more angry. Yeah. You know, man. That's a haunted spot. There's a lot of angry people there, you know. We saw so Some... much crazy shit on that street, man. Saw so much crazy shit. I saw a dude get knocked the fuck out. There's nothing more terrifying than watching a guy involved in a street fight where you know he has absolutely no idea how to defend himself. This poor guy, they would, I don't want to say poor guy because he seemed like he was kind of a douchebag. Do you remember that? I remember that. This guy was yelling at some other guy and we didn't see the knockout. We just saw him flailing like spastically. I remember he, he didn't even have his hands clenched in a fist. He was just swinging and like literally closing his eyes and then a, a bus moved in front of him and passed, and then when we saw the space, he was flat unconscious, out cold. So we don't know exactly what knocked him out, but watching this poor guy like a deer in the headlights just flailing for his life was really terrifying, man. You know, I remember thinking, watching this guy do that, like, holy shit, like, this poor guy, he doesn't know how to defend himself at all, and somehow or another he's in a fight. And he's just spazzing. He's just, he, he wasn't even thinking about what he was trying to do. He was just closing his eyes and flailing his arms. Yeah. And somebody knocked him the fuck out. How about when David Lee Roth came by and checked you out at the comedy That was store? fun. He, like, loved you. <laughs> Nobody liked talking about the good old days more than David Lee Roth. He, he had just, some great stories. He loved talking about the old days. He loved it. it was, and I loved hearing it. It was yeah. amazing stories of how... How he managed all the groupies back in the day. He had, <laughs> he had a, the, the greatest ideas. This is what he did. I don't think you're supposed to sell. I, I don't think he wanted people to know this stuff. No? Yeah, because remember his, uh, he had a guy who got in contact with uh, Red Band after it was over. Because we had video of this. And he's like, I just want to make sure that none of that video gets out. Remember that? <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, I know it was. But you know what? Maybe it's David Lee Roth, just a loose cannon. And this dude is like his manager that thinks for him. I don't remember that. I remember. I just remember but awesome I stories. wouldn't want to disrespect him. If that guy called, it might be <laughs> he might have called because of David Lee Roth. Yeah, so I don't yeah. want to tell any of his you stories. You would remember. I'd I'm pretty sure that was the case. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Let's just say that David Lee Roth was is a, a bad, bad motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. No one was more of a rock star than that guy. And he entertained me and Eddie for shit. He sat down and talked to us for over an hour telling Dude. just crazy stories oh, of the road man. and oh, crazy man. stories of performing. And, it's, you know, it was awesome. It was awesome. That was one of the coolest like celebrity meetings ever. He was so cool. He was just hanging out, man. Yeah. He just hanging out at the comedy store with his buddy. They just came to watch some comedy. And man, when I tell you that it wasn't even half full, it wasn't even half full. It was a tiny ass little crowd. That wasn't right. That wasn't like a big place. And he was just chilling. Yeah. And he just hangs out like a regular dude, man. He had some great fucking stories of the old days, man. Dude, who would go on stage with a bottle of Jack? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's some For classic me, shit. It was so surreal. Because when I was in high school, my, my sister's boyfriend had Van Halen was his license plate. They were dedicated to Van Halen. Yeah. Everyone in my high school was, like, dedicated to Van Halen. My brother, that was his favorite band. Like, my, my band was Kiss, and his band was Van Halen. And he would, you know, we would, like, battle. Like, who would come out with the best album? And when Van Halen started fucking crushing and getting just powerful, Kiss started turning disco, and it was like, fuck. <laughs> Man, it's amazing how Van Halen changed. They went from being this, like, really fucking 
badass wild band to Jimmy Hagar. No, yeah. Sammy Hagar, man. That's a different fucking Van Halen, a completely yeah. different sound. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was totally, and, and super successful, even more successful than the old Van Halen. Did you know that? Probably, by this I time. I think it was. I think, I, think the, I think the Sammy Van Hagar, Sammy Hagar Van Halen, that is more Van successful. Hagar. I don't know. Maybe now, over, over time, if you, like, you know, put I might it all be together. talking out of my ass, but I think someone said that. But... Um, I think their fifth album was their last album with David Lee Roth. It was 1984. And when that came out, and Jump was their first single, and they shot that video for like 600 bucks. That was the story. And it was like, you know, a real low budget video. But the whole song was just really, really. I, I mean, I never liked that song, Jump. It was like a keyboard, keyboard. song, but really cheesy. Yeah. Like. Yamaha DX7 old school and like what happened like he just came on and said like because Eddie Van Halen was a guitar god everybody worshipped him and here he comes out playing keyboards and that just freaked everybody out we weren't ready for synth like that in the early 80s rock bands weren't doing that shit unless it was like evil Mr. Crowley like Ozzy they weren't putting in it was it was it took a big fucking chance and they blew the fuck up yeah, that was a huge hit. Massive, and then Panama was huge. That Panama was, like, was the shit. Yep. That was a good fucking song. That was like Hot for the teacher. summer party song. Hot Panama, for teacher? Hot for teacher. So, yeah, dude, Panama was the summer party song. Yeah. That was when I was in, that was when I was like in high school. Yeah. Dude. Classic shit. Yeah, classic, classic. shit. Eddie Van Halen shredded. He changed the face of guitar playing. He just by himself. He just came out and just when he when the first album when he did that song Eruption is just a guitar solo. It was on the first album. It was the second song. They opened up with Running with the Devil, and then they just before you really got me, they just gave Eddie Van Halen just two minutes. The second song, he's just shredding. It's an all time classic. Eruption. Could you just, imagine? It's, a, if, it's fucking amazing. Could you imagine if TMZ was around during David Lee Ross' heyday? <laughs> Can you imagine how many fucking videos they would have had of him hammered coming out of clubs? That would have been great shit that yeah. we missed. Oh, yeah. That would have been classic, fun stuff to do. Because every time David Lee Roth, you put a camera in front of his face and he knew what to say. Yeah. He would just, you he know, smart, he funny. had like sayings. Yeah. You know how they say. <laughs> you got the voice yeah. down. I could do it a little bit. You know, he would, he more, would, more, more. I can't. I need to hear him. If I heard him, I could do it. He had great quotes, man. Yeah, he was real good at that. He was real good at, like... He, I, I thought he was going to make it as a radio DJ. When they had him replace Howard Stern, when Howard Stern went to uh, Satellite, I was like, wow, what a bold move. Fucking David Lee Roth. But then I thought about it. I was like, he's such a bad motherfucker. Who wouldn't want to talk to him? Yeah. You know? Like, let him go. Like, what David Lee Roth should do is just do a fucking podcast. That, that's what he should do. You know, David Lee Roth podcast would be the shit. Him and Joey. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> Joey. <laughs> Dude, David Lee Roth should have an awesome fucking podcast. You yeah, know, he's a, he he's a fun dude to talk to, man. Sign him, Red Band. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he does. You check on iTunes, the David Lee Roth podcast. Are people There's coming no to you does. for podcasts now? And, the, and you're like, I don't have time. Like, they call I don't him have the, time. Pod, the podmaster, the podfather. Pod uh, you, do you have to turn people down? Podmaster. Uh, yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I'm the only one doing everything, so it's really hard. Well, he's blowing the fuck up, son. That's just how it is. That's a good thing. Nice. We do. The Ice House Chronicles is on his label now. It's on the Death Squad label. The Ice House Chronicles is the one we do from here where all the stand-ups that do the Ice House, they come over. We got a show tonight, folks, too, and it's not quite sold out. 
If you want to jump on this shit, it's Bill Burr, Joey Diaz, Tom Segura, Brian. No, no not Tom Segura. Tom Segura's not going to be in? No, 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 it's no Steve-O. Steve-O. Uh, no yeah. Tom Segura. No, that's Friday. No Tom Segura. Friday. Tom Segura, Brent. Friday. Steve-O. Who else? Uh, Brendan Walsh. Brendan Walsh. God damn, that's a fucking show. God damn, that's a show, ladies imagine, and gentlemen, for 15 Jay, can bucks. Can imagine Jamie Walsh doing stand-up? I could. Hey, mate. Uh, mate. All of a sudden, you know, he wants to fight, and I'm like, let me take my pants off. <laughs> we can't talk about that. That was, that was <laughs> a great story. Was a you got to remind great me. Great story. story we can't for, tell. Because I don't remember all the details. We can't tell you. without his permission. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin my pants. This motherfucker thinks he can wrestle me. This motherfucker got naked. <laughs> like, he got naked? Like, <laughs> why did he get naked? Uh, this motherfucker got naked and pulled God on me. It's a, like, very, wait it's a, a minute. long story. We can't talk he about it. He got naked and pulled God <laughs> on you? This guy's insane. Did you guys call a fucking ah! men- psychiatric ward? What happened? Well, that. I took off my pants first. <laughs> wait a minute. Why? I didn't want to ruin my pants, but I had underwear on. And then he took off his pants and underwear. <laughs> so, the and he <laughs> fucking pulled. God on me, mate. So I got I'm like, oh, I see what happened. <laughs> the guy I thought he was going to get some booty. <laughs> no, the guy's like, you know what? You think you're taking your pants off? Well, check this out. Oh. Naked motherfucker. Oh, uh, maybe. It could be that, too. Yeah, I think it was just but like showing him up. There might be some gay shit there, too. We can't discount the possibility of gay. Yeah. In that scenario, yeah. you know, that seems like a guy was just hoping everything would go right. And then he started crying. Come on. Was this in, like, the mean streets? Was, was this in an alley somewhere? No, was this in a Vegas an- hotel room. Oh, <laughs> Imagine if there was a clock somewhere that had accidental gay acts <laughs> and just and showed the number like the national debt and you could just see all the accidental gay gay acts all yeah. day. Ding 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 like Brian Callen's story and any accidental gay act. Just a clock. Just the universe recognizes when someone fucked up. Oh Jesus. Oh what have you done? That's a guy. We gotta get Brian Callen to do his Brazilian again. Because he was the uh, original Brazilian master, you know. Brian Callen is uh He's the he, original. Can, he does a perfect Henzo Gracie Brazilian. Yeah. That's what yeah. he does. He like talks like oh, Henzo. Man. Do you have maybe you can pull that out? Look pull up look pull up uh Make um, my cock. I don't think it's on there. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah, it is uh, on YouTube. BJJ instructor gay porn. Yeah. Something like that. This, this was, is old uh, school. This is before you were, we were at the UFC. I didn't work for Vegas. the UFC. It was before, because yeah. when Zufa first bought the UFC, mm-hmm. we were like, holy shit. You were the only celebrity that liked it, so they gave you great <laughs> seats. So the first like three or four UFCs, we were sitting ringside enjoying yeah. it. And they'd come Dude. up to you and get like a quote. Oh, wait, we're sitting here with Joe Rogan. What do you think about the fights? And then you would say something cool. I think it's like human chess, but instead, you know, da, 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 da. <laughs> you would say something cool. And then they would use that sound bite in commercials. And then everyone loved the sound always had a great soundbite you know a great analogy about the sport if boxing is this this is the you know and then dana said dude you want to do some commentary and you were like yeah and you did commentary and i'm like sitting there by myself going oh this sucks <laughs> <laughs> remember yeah like, this, that, I that became working. the problem that became the problem yeah. so you you were like damn it sucks working by myself maybe i could get you a job at the <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see that video online. If you look right here to the right, this is what comes up: BJJ instructor, gay porn, Callen. No, don't put Callen. Don't put Callen in there. Oh, I did. Wait a minute, it's right there. It's right there. This right. One, no, one? no, no. One on top of it. Uh, no, the one. Right. That one right there. Yeah, right that's it. There. That's it. That's it. Check this out. Old school Brian Callen before a UFC at the MGM. You know. 
And this is, it's like, it's in a little tiny video. Maybe I just take a guy sometimes, put him to my mat, I may like that. Put a throw to him like that deep. Left hand, left hand my hand now. Oh, look, look, that, that, yeah. Then I make like that. Like that. Sometimes slow. Slow. Oh, die. He licked his fingers. I think a guy, like He's sucking his fingers. He's sticking it in the guy's ass. Okay. Oh my god. Can you explain to me? The condom, when you, when you have the sex? Sometimes guys don't understand. For me, my coke, what I'm gonna do now? <laughs> <laughs> I take a corner, take a corner. B1, yeah. I mean, yeah, like that, like that. That's what I do, porn or something. Yeah, like that. That's what I'm gonna talk to you about. I take a camera, I take a guy. Get my balls now, man. Get my balls now, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> He's making fucking moves in the air with the Oh my god. That was one of the until Joey Diaz was on the Alex Jones show, that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. It's true. That was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life until Joe when Joey Diaz was on the Alex Jones show, that just it was a that was. That Can we was see a, that, or have you already played it? We've played that a, a gang of times. Oh. but it's that's, these iTunes listeners are going to hate this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're sorry. We're showing a lot of things, and well, originally it was supposed to be Joey and Eddie and I, and we we're going to do regular. Uh, and it's not all MMA, but we're going to talk about MMA because it's the one. Um, Request that we get all the time is doing MMA only podcasts. So what we decided to do is try to make this one as much MMA as possible, uh, and some of that unfortunately is like visual. Yeah, maybe shouldn't yeah. Be, maybe it shouldn't video. be a Joe Rogan experience. Maybe that'll maybe it should be like something else. Um, maybe because you don't want to be listening to like driving around listening to serious radio and going like they're watching a video for a half hour. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> that's not a bad idea. We maybe should have or you know what? That'll, mo- that'll motivate them to go watch the video. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah maybe. But, yeah. but yeah, that's also weird. Be fine with yeah, it. well, I think that might have been a boring 10 minutes for people that don't know the history of it. You know, yeah. for us, it was. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what rolls they Rolls down memory lane. That fucking sucks, man. So I wanted to ask you about um, this before I went to take a leak. I wanted to ask you what the fuck you think about this Occupy Wall Street shit. What, what, what is your take on all this? Mm. You know, to be honest, I haven't really looked that deeply into it. It just seems, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely good, right? Anytime there's the people unite and try to change things, that's always good, right? You know, but I don't know. Well, one of the reasons why I ask is because you're, I mean, I've never in my whole life had more conversations about 2012 Zachariah Sitchin Nibiru Anunnaki you and I have had more of these conversations than anybody and you and I have had several of these Mayan calendar conversations and the end of the world conversations and I I hate to be like the the guy who says it's all falling apart man it's all falling apart man but if you look at it it's all falling apart man 
It's like, how far can it fall? Is there a safety net in there somewhere? What do you mean we go bankrupt? What happens when we go bankrupt? I don't get it. I'm missing something here, man. I don't, is the, are the resources and the amount of people, are those numbers vastly different than they were just a few years ago? No, they're not. So what the fuck do we have to do to, to re-pump up the system to get it to the where, it, where, it, where it functions again? Or is it not possible? Is it that in order for the system to function overall, some places have to be bad and some places have to be good? Is that, is that, is that the case? I mean, is it, is it that no, we can't like, be even all across the country and therefore the American way of life can't be sustained because the American way of life is only f- possible if people in other parts of the world have to work for shit money and make the products that we absorb, right? It seems like... You put it all together, it seems like the powers that be are hauling ass to siphon as much money as they can for some. Doesn't it seem that way? Like all this money just being taken and trillions of dollars are going missing from the Pentagon. Like $2.3 trillion disappears. And that was in that Jesse Ventura conspiracy theory. No, that, that was in that, but it's real. Yeah, like Donald Rumsfeld, the oh, day yeah. before 911, yeah. they said, you know, we have a big problem. The enemy's here. The enemy's here, and, and then the next, the, the, he announces that there's 2.3 trillion. I think that, those are the numbers. It's like 2.3 or 3.1, some kind of trillions. And he announces this the day before 911, and he's going to do something about it. And they're going to look into the Pentagon. They're going to look into the accounting and all that shit the day before 911. And they were just stealing trillions just un- unaccounted for. They stealing. go, we don't know where these 2.3 trillion dollars. It just seems like they're just going out of the way. Like, well, how about the most l- recent one where they said there was billions of dollars missing in Iraq, and then they go, oh no, actually we found it, and the Iraqis were kind enough to watch over it and guard it for us. Yeah. The fuck you did. Yeah. The fuck you did. The it's, fuck you found that. It you seems- found some billions of dollars just laying around. What? They were just guarding it. You didn't know where it was. And yeah. they just had it in a room somewhere yeah. for you. Oh, we're just waiting for you to ask. Rumsfeld announces this on, on, on September 10th. And then the next day, the accounting office blows up in the Pentagon. Jesus some say it was Christ. a plane. Some say it was a missile. Whatever. The, the next day, all the records are gone. I mean, it just seems like... I'll tell you what, man, that 9-11, there is never a better case for confirmation bias than that 9-11. September 11, you know, confirmation bias is when you only look at one side of the argument because you're trying to convince yourself that you're right. And in the September 11th one, man, that's one where people just, no one wants to admit that even the possibility that the government somehow knew about it or somehow was involved in organizing it. No one would ever, 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 ever admit that. And if you admit that, like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, that's, it's a real tricky thing. Like, they don't want to look at the facts of the past. They don't want to look at things like Operation Northwoods or the Bay of Pigs or all the different times where it might have been a bunch of bullshit while we were in some country and one, while young people were getting killed for their, their crazy bidding. It might have been bullshit that we wa- would have never agreed to if we knew what the fuck was really going on. Yeah. But for whatever reason, you know, people don't want to look at that. They, they in, don't want to look at that possibility. It's incredible the amount of evidence there is that their 911 was super shady. I mean, the fact that most people don't even know three skyscrapers went down on 9-11. Most people, they'll tell you too. You ask them, how many skyscrapers went down? Three went down. 
They just don't talk about Tower 7. That was a, a like a 50-story skyscraper that just imploded like a controlled demo. You could look at it, and it looks like a controlled demo. You look at it, you see it. It's on video, a bunch of different angles, and... They didn't talk about it in the, the, the initial 911 commission report. They didn't even talk about why this skyscraper went down after years of pressure and people going, what the fuck happened to Tower 7? Why did it look like, why was it demo? They go, it fell at free fall speed. Everyone kept saying, it fell at free fall speed. Explain that. People wanted answers. So finally, the government hired, uh, I think they're called SIST. Um, it's like initials for a, uh, some scientific company that's funded by the government. NIST. NIST. N-I-S-T. You could see the videos on YouTube unless they've been pulled. And there, they had a press conference and to explain what happened to this 50-story or it's like 47-story skyscraper that just on video got controlled demo. They're going, it fell at free fall speed. They're saying, they're, so they came up and to prove that it wasn't free fall speed that if it was free fall speed that it would it would have it would have fell in 4.2 seconds instead of you know 4.4 seconds or some ridiculous thing like that like they were a second off so they were just there to prove that it wasn't free fall speed so therefore there's no conspiracy <laughs> so they go so wait a minute so do any controlled demo uh, any controlled demos do they fall at free fall speed no no they go the definition of free fall speed is something this is what they said something falling without any resistance that's free fall speed so this building had resistance so it's not free fall speed so they're going well, wait a minute ridiculous it's ridiculous. It wasn't ridiculous. There's, there's mass. Yeah, of and some dude, some some dude stu- stood up and said, so wait a minute. So do control demos, do you consider that free fall speed? So and they go, nope, that's not free fall speed. Oh, so control demos are not free fall speed. So why are we talking about this? Yeah, what is that? It was ridiculous. And you wow. could just tell they just had to do their job. That's fascinating that nobody thought anybody was going to counter that. And, and, yeah. and ask them it's if controlled demolitions are free fall speed. Yeah. I don't know if that was a controlled demolition because obviously I'm not an architect, or, nor do I know anything about building instruction. So it is possible that you know you could burn a building and the fire reaches so high and it's so hot that all the floors collapse uniformly and it pancakes into itself. It is possible. I don't know. Based on you know, architects and yeah. engineers from 11 Truth, they don't think it's possible. Yeah, there's something that's like 1,300 different engineers. And just engineers. Ba- just common sense. Just common sense. This is a video of a control demo, and no other building. You just put. Like like a detective. No building has ever fallen so do, like that ever before. Do you think they armed the building when they built it? What do you think they did? If you, thought, if you think that's a controlled demolition, what do you think they did? did they, and, it, and everybody, like, there's a lot of people right now getting angry. It's a fucking bullshit conversation. You fucking conspiracy theorists. Listen, I don't know. I'm not saying. I literally have no opinion on it. But when I look at it, it does look like a controlled demolition. Does that mean anything? No, because I'm an idiot. And I'm not some sort of an engineer or any sort of a scientist. However, why does everybody get mad when you say it looks like a controlled demolition? Because yeah. it fucking does. Yeah, it, it sure fucking does. does. Why are they mad? Why are you mad when I say that someone that goes, that kinks in the middle and then falls into its own base? Instantly. Instantly. All at once. It does it all, like crumples, everything gives out at the exact same order. Like, it, just like it would in a controlled demolition. It all right. gave out floor to floor. It's it perfect. Ex- it looks exactly like a controlled demolition. Yeah, it fell into its base. No, Why, other no ex- one's saying it's a controlled no. demolition. I don't know it's a controlled demolition. You don't know, right? It, looks like, it looks like one to me. It does look like one, right? It does, right? But why does everybody get mad when you say it looks like a controlled demolition? Just it's look funny. at it. Look at controlled demos. There's plenty of video on them. And then look at Tower 7. It's all on YouTube. You could just watch it. No skyscraper ever has fallen like 
like that from fires. But it could, never... it could be that, you, you know, if it gets damaged the way that got damaged, and apparently that was also the, the house diesel fuel there. And there's like some sort of a lawsuit because of that. So they're saying like the, the diesel fuel led to, you know, the fire being so hot that everything collapsed like that. It's possible. Yeah. Still, lo- it looks like a controlled demolition. You don't believe that? But it could be. That. But what, wait a minute. You see, but if they did really have like who knows how many gallons of fucking diesel fuel you know, thousands, millions, who knows? And that stuff is on fire. That's an incredible amount of heat that'd be generated. That does make sense that it could compromise the structural integrity of a building if it's all, I mean, if it basically becomes an oven. If I had to bet a million dollars either way and we were going to find out the answer and you have to guess, I would definitely go, okay, this is, I would say. Controlled demolition. Controlled demolition. There's a lot of shady shit going well, on. Well, here's where it you gets really in, crazy. And then the war started after that. It was a way to get into the war. It's well, here's simple. where it gets really crazy. That was, that building was where the NSA had offices, the CIA had offices. Yep. That Tower, uh, Tower Naval 7. Intelligence. Had all kinds of like secret fucking black ops shit going let's, on there. What would you choose, Joe? You know what? Let me tell you a little story. What would you choose, Joe, if you were doing the same yes or no uh, question that he did? You know, like we're going to find the answer out right now. What do you mean? If it was a controlled de- demolition. What would I do? What do you mean? Well, which, you which would you choose? Oh, if I had to say one, yeah. one or the other, yeah. whether it was or not. That's a good question. Um, Based boy, on- it looks like a controlled demolition. Yeah. You know, I don't, it doesn't make sense. Was it one million, this is, it was the, one million dollars, right? Trillion dollars. No, one million for me, 10 billion for him. Okay, one million yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10 billion dollars, it's fucking really hard to guess, man. It'd be really hard to guess. Because uh, honestly, it sounds preposterous. And this is just my, lo- you know, Occam's razor logic, all that stuff. When I, I think the fact that they might have hired a whole crew to rig this building with explosives or maybe construct the building with explosives built in. Like, does anybody do that? Or is it possible that this fucking two planes slammed into these giant towers, caused all this fucking damage to neighboring buildings, and it started a fire, and the fire lit up these gasoline drums that were filled with diesel fuel, and there's millions of gallons of fuel, and the whole thing inside of it became like a fucking oven and just gave out all at once. Shit. Yeah. I got to go with... You got 10 <laughs> seconds, Joe. I got to yeah. go with controlled demolition. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. You would go with controlled demolition. Yeah, if absolutely. I had to go... If I, I had to, one way or the other, I absolutely don't know. But if I... if I would not be surprised if it was proven that it was a controlled demolition. Well, I'm sorry, you both lost, guys. <clears throat> uh, the, the true answer was two planes just crashed in there, and there was a lot of fuel in the building, and everyone's just... You know, that's you know, the true answer. Little, yeah, how do you know that's fair fact, though? It is. It's just you true. Know, they're so. It's just true. You'd yeah. be surprised that not only do most regular people, Brian, you're an awesome arguer, don't know about Tower Seven. <laughs> <laughs> but check this out. I'm at Grappler's Quest, right? And one of the the, the refs, um, after in the middle of the show, we we uh, we started talking about. I don't know how it came up, but he said he used to work for the FBI, and then he. Got out of that shit, and then he you know, started working with Brian Simmons and with Grappler's Quest and all that stuff. And I go, so what do you think about? He started telling me how that when you know he had like shit jobs, like he goes, FBI is not glamorous, dude. When nine one one happened, guess what I had? I had bucket duty. I had me at ground zero, just putting shit. I was doing nothing. There was no investigative work. We were just all out there, just picking up trash, man. It's like <sighs> he's like talking about the FBI being. Can you imagine you know, how much time it took to clean up two hundred story skyscrapers yeah. of garbage? 
dude, that would have taken like a hundred thousand Mexicans. They would have finished that shit in like a month. But anyways, had to go there. He, he's allowed to say <laughs> he's, it. I'm he's Mexican. To, I take advantage of he's that. Mexican. I'm liberal with that. But I, I, he was telling me this like, fuck. It was like we were on bucket patrol. FBI is so not glamorous. It's not like it is in the movies, bro. Trust me. And I go, so what do you think about Tower Seven, man? What do you think? And he goes, what do you mean Tower Seven? I go, I go, you don't, you know that Tower Seven, there was a third tower that went down, didn't get hit by a plane. There's a third one that went down. You know, and I said, you know, the uh, CIA had offices in there, Navy Intelligent, Enron, all that. And he goes, oh, hmm, man, you know what? They're probably just getting rid of a lot of evidence, man. That's what he said. He goes, he goes up top, they just, they're just trying to get rid of That's what his, he didn't even know about it. Could you imagine was, if that's really what they did, if they rigged the building to explode to get rid of evidence? <laughs> Shady stuff that they've been Yeah, but wait a minute. Do you think, I mean, how, how deep you're willing to take it? Are you willing to take that's it? That's what the guy told happen? me. This is what the guy told me. You know what I mean? And this right. guy, no, it, well, that makes sense with that building. But how deep are you willing to take it? Are you willing to take it? Do you believe that they could have let 9-11 happen? They could have let those people fly those planes into those buildings? Well, I think they, the, I would, if I had to guess, it would be something similar to what they were going to do in Cuba. They were already going to do something like that. And, and like, you know, even Vietnam and, and Pearl Harbor, they, they, you know, government first, you know, maybe it's, it's not even the government. It's people on over the government. You, they need reasons to get into war. We need the people behind it. We need people waving American flags. So, you know, it's it's standard building empires 101. Yeah, they actually moved some of their warships out of the, the Navy base in Hawaii because yeah. they knew that they were going to be attacked. They yeah. moved valuable ships. Americans out. did not want to get into World War Two. We got into World War Two. Be after the Japanese raided Pearl Harbor. But and we had known the Japanese, apparently the government supposedly had known. I mean, this was on the History Channel they were talking about. It, yeah, now it, back then it was a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Now it's mainstream knowledge now that, that uh, America knew about it and they let it happen. They go, perfect, let them come in here. Yeah, what the fuck? They can needed you, to get into the war. Can you imagine the mindset that you have to have to allow U.S. soldiers to die Allow them to die knowing that you're, you're going to manipulate the whole situation and yeah. bring people into and war now. And Northwoods explained that really quick. I mean, <laughs> this is... 1962, the Joint Chiefs of Staff signed a document that was... What they were going to do was they were going to arm Cuban friendlies and have them attack Guantanamo Bay. Could have easily killed U.S. soldiers, right? They were going to put a, a drone plane in the air and blow it up and blame it on the Cubans. And that was going to make people want to go to war with Cuba. There was all these different things that they were doing to uh, get people enthusiastic about going to war with Cuba. I mean, that's real. Yeah, it's real. That's a fact. Signed by the Joint Chiefs. It wasn't like an idea that someone came up with that everybody was like, get the fuck out of here. No, they signed it. They put it together. Kennedy. This is a plan. Yeah. (laughs) Kennedy vetoed it. So it's happened before. You know, it happened with Northwoods. It happened in Pearl Harbor. And, you know, and no the, one went to jail. That's yeah, what's really important, man. You know, getting into Vietnam, that was all shady. That was like, yeah. like some fake attack. That, well, uh, look how we got into Iraq and Afghanistan. Exactly. I mean, I had a whole bit about that. Yeah. You know, about like that people well, would be like, what? They from told, 911. Yeah. You know? how did, yeah, but I, yeah, sure. But it doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah. like, well, I, had a, I was talking to a friend of mine last night. He's a really good guy, but he's, you know, he's like real kind of rah-rah. And we were having this conversation about uh, why we're in Afghanistan. I go, do you, do you see a threat in Afghanistan? When was the last time they even talked about, like, 
the the war in Afghanistan being because there's a threat. You know what the, I hear about Afghanistan? I hear about trillions of dollars in minerals. I hear about 90% of the world's opium. I hear about natural gas pipelines that the Soviet Union wants to control. I hear about all these incredible resources that this place has. Yeah. And then the, the whole country is like in this state of chaos. You know, I mean, it's like one city and then a bunch of like warlords, man. Like what? Wow. what we're over there for what reason? It's what, are like, we, what are we doing? It's basically like if your wife cheated on you three times over your marriage and then there's all this evidence that she's doing it again. And you're like, no way. She would never do it. She would never right. do it. Wait, there's evidence. It's not just right. we have like video evidence of her sucking a dick. <laughs> and, and you don't think she's cheating. Oh, it was the, the, the lighting and the shadows. Bro, uh, you know it's what Photoshop, I mean? bro. Yeah, it's not real. It's like, not you, real. I could do that. Anybody could CGI, do that. CGI, like, man. Yeah. So he's the enemy. I mean, the, our government has done this yeah. several times. It's a fact. Yeah. And no, no, no. Nine one one was not. That's in, insane. Uh, Tower seven went down like a controlled demo. No plane hit it. Oh, it was a fire. I'm like Jesus Christ. That's incredible. It, but it's way sexier to think that it was a controlled demo. It's way sexier to think that there's a bunch of dudes sitting there and they go, pull it, pull it. And they hit the button yeah. and the whole wish, thing implodes. Dude. And then they go, don't worry about it. Who's going who's gonna to know? We're going we're gonna to have to talk about this. Don't worry about it. I got it covered. Yeah. You know, so, I wish, so I wish, ass. I wish our government, like every day our officials woke up and said, you know, we got to get together and we got to make it better for the people. What are we going to do? We're going to make the best country ever you know what i mean we're gonna make the best country it sounds it's like gonna... an abc after school special on the, on the you know what I, mean? I wish it was like that that's how it but was in 1776 our our i mean look at jfk and all that shit you you put it all together and our government has every government really it's just like every government basically has a history of massive corruption yeah these we're in a corrupt government Did you how see could putin? you not see that Did you see putin get booed in russia that's no. deep, dude. Fedor beat up Monson. Yes. And afterwards, Putin got into the ring and, and congratulated Fedor and thanked Monson. And, I didn't see that. And they were booing him, man. He what, gave a why? speech. He started talking. They were booing him, man. Because they're fed up, man. They're fed up with this guy who pu- pushed himself back into power. You know, he was supposed to be elected and then his term oh, was over okay. and then that okay. was it. But he's like right back in the mix. He never dude. gave up power. Yeah. He's, he wasn't about to. That's a gangster, dude. Yeah. Putin's. Putin's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Judo black belt. Guy goes hunting yeah. and fishing and shit. Yeah. That's a man, dude. Yeah. That's why everybody was terrified when the thought of uh, Sarah Palin actually being the president. Because what if Putin... I mean, Putin's a goddamn man. If Sarah Palin actually became president, what if they get in office? What if by some fucking stroke of the imagination, what, for whatever reason, her and what's-his-face get into office? What's his name? Who? Brian. The guy who ran with Sarah Palin. Jesus Christ. Uh, McCain? No. Yeah, John McCain. John McCain. I had a brain fart. John McCain and Sarah Palin went, go into office. John McCain is an old man. He's been around a long time. I mean, he's, he's, Fuck yeah, he's, he's really old. old. And, you know, I, I respect the guy, and he was a war hero and all that stuff, but that's, he's, a, he's a very old man. And to have that as his running mate, that's his vice president. So if he yeah. dies, she becomes yeah. president. So, you, you know, easily, you look at it, how Obama's turning gray, man. Obama's getting gray quick. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. The dude looks tired all the time. If that was John McCain, he might be dead. Yeah. So right now, he gives out, boom, Sarah Palin has to sit down at a fucking negotiating table with Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Could you imagine? 
Could you imagine how that killer would stare down that Nimrod? Can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> the conversation between this international bad motherfucker and some dingbat who doesn't even read? <laughs> Can you imagine what that conversation would be like? Yeah. God damn. So what do you think about Ron Paul? I think Ron Paul is uh, a very sensible man. He believes in some strange things. He's very religious, but his overwhelming belief in the Constitution is more important to me than whatever religious beliefs that he has to have, you know, to get him through his day or, or you know, chooses to subscribe to or whatever. For whatever reason, he believes in, you know, uh, creationism and a lot of those other things. He doesn't believe in the theory of evolution. There's a lot of things that he doesn't believe in. It's fine with me. I don't, that doesn't bother me because his belief in the Constitution and his belief in what America really should be, that we wouldn't, shouldn't be the police of the world, that we shouldn't be wasting all our resources in all these different countries, that we should be strengthening up our country, our inner cities, our structures, our business, our manufacturing. Pull all that resources in and stop giving it to uh, all these fucking gigantic war companies. Because that's what they are. They're war profiteers. And the war profiteers have hijacked the whole system. And the pharmaceutical companies have hijacked the fucking drug laws so that there's a disproportionate amount of people that want things that are in jail because they want them because they're not sanctioned by the government and they become nonviolent drug offenders when you know they could just get the prescription pill form and they'd be just as fucked up and fine you know they they can't choose to do what they want to do it's a, the whole package is bought and sold so when you step in if you're if you're a president a presidential candidate who the fuck you are man good luck Good luck fixing this mess. Good luck fixing this tangled fishing line. It's you know? it's pretty amazing watching the debates and and anybody that speaks that besides Ron Paul, you just it's like total bullshit. bullshit. Every, bullshit. Everybody just yeah. nothing but bullshit. And then Ron Paul, that's like a real yeah. dude who's breaking it down. Yeah. You know, honestly, he he you know his whole drug policy. That's pretty. That takes big balls to come out like that with his drug policy. You know what I mean? And, and well, there's evidence in other countries. Portugal. Portugal, less people are addicted to drugs, less people are involved in prostitution because they made it legal. They made, they made drugs legal. They just said, fuck it, let's just decriminalize the whole package. And that's what Ron Paul know? wants to do. So it should be, man. You, you can't nanny state the fucking world. Keep it from your kids. Keep it from your communities. You know? And you know, if people are selling it, if they're pushing it, if, they're, you know, if you feel like you, know, you, you can keep them out of your community, man. You know, you could, you could, they're, they're criminals. You should get rid of them. But for people who have it, let them do whatever the fuck they want, man. Let them do whatever they want. That's how it should be. You know, if you're, they're not hurting you, let them do it. Let them do everything. Let them try heroin. I think it's stupid. You want to do it? Go ahead. I support it. I don't want my kids to do it. I'm going to try to educate them as much as possible, stay the fuck away from heroin. But ultimately, they can get it. They can get it anyway. You who know? are you going to vote for? Ghostbusters. <sighs> no, that's who you're going to call. Brian. Vote for him also. Uh, Herman Cain, just for a goof. Not Ron Paul? I think the whole thing's rigged. Um, yeah, I'll vote for Ron Paul. Sure, I'll vote for Ron Paul. But, you know, Ron Paul is probably not going to get into the position to be the Republican rom- nominee. So I have to register as a Republican, which is just gross. Do you think they're going out of their way, the media, to ignore him? Sure, of course they are. I saw one show. This was the most hilarious version of it. They were talking about how Mitt Romney at the time and Rick Perry were battling out for the second and third spot. So battling out for number two and number three. And then they started going into this whole battle between number two and number three and what Mitt Romney needs to do and what Rick Perry needs to do. All the while ignoring Ron Paul because he was number one. They didn't even talk about Ron. They just talked about these two dudes battling out for two and three and who's going to emerge. Why do you think the media is ignoring him? 
because he's not media centric. He's not. He doesn't do anything that all these giant corporations want. Everything that he says is like uh, utopia, you know, dream state where the military industrial complex doesn't really have control over Congress and the politicians and everyone at the top of the heap. But, but they really do. They really do. So what happens when he gets in place? What happens when they put him in office and, you know, and, and then they go, we're going to do what? We're going to get out of Afghanistan? The fuck we are. Sit down, dude. <laughs> and then what happens? That's exactly he, what's Does he happen. go on TV and tell it, everybody? You know, they, they we're just going to get them killed. I mean, what, what's going to happen then? Is it going to be revealed that we actually live in a 100% complete police state? And now, unfortunately, because of Mr. Paul's death, the bullshit facade gets dropped and we just fucking march people into camps? Don't you think they should redo the Alex whole president Jones! thing? What? Don't you think they should redo the whole president thing where there's, like, multiple presidents, like three? That's a good idea. A team of presidents is a good idea. Like a justice You know, League really, the presidents. idea is based on tribes of monkeys. It's really stupid. It's great for 50 monkeys. It's not good for 300 million human beings. They have one person reside over everyone, one person be our representative. And we don't trust them enough to give them more than a, a four-year stretch at a time. You know, we don't trust them to keep doing it. And after eight years, you're done. Get the fuck out. It doesn't matter if you're the best at your job of all time. The temptation for corruption is just too powerful. We will not allow the best person for the job to continue to have this job. Yeah. We won't allow them. Even though the person who is probably best at the job has the most experience, doesn't have to be brief, doesn't have to, you know, is, is willing and able to continue it. Bill Clinton would have done another four years if you let him. They, no, no, I'm sorry. Next guy. <laughs> Moving in, we got the next crook in town, and this guy's got his gang with him. His Dick Cheney and Halliburton, they come with fucking shovels and bags, and you're stealing everything. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's the funniest presidency of all time. Yeah. CEO of Halliburton, a company that makes its money by fixing shit after the United States blows it up in war. They get fucking billions of dollars in no-bid contracts to fix stuff after we blow it up because the guy who used to be their CEO wants to go to war in Afghanistan and Iraq. So he forces everybody to go to war. He forces Bush into it. They make fucking insane amounts of money. And somehow or another, the whole thing takes place in front of everybody's eyes. Yeah, If that's not like a brilliant jacking, what is? Yeah, it's gangster. Think of that. How could that even be legal? How could it even be legal? The idea, the only way it could be legal is you would have to assume that this person for sure is incapable of doing something inhumane, like going to war for any reason other than the fact that American lives are in danger. There's no way they would go to war for just for profit. That's unheard of. So that has to be assumed. Otherwise, this couldn't, it couldn't be allowed. You wouldn't allow someone who is once the CEO of a company that fixes up shit we blow up <laughs> to just start taking over and blowing things up at an unprecedented rate. Oh, what a coincidence. This guy's the vice president, and now we've blown up more shit than ever in history. Whoopsies. I mean, between... It's totally coincidental. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That guy doesn't have a heart anymore, man. They got an electric heart in there pumping his shit. He's got some crazy pacemaker where he doesn't have a pulse. <laughs> he's just got a pump. So his body's just pumping blood. Like, literally, he's a, he's a zombie. Dick Cheney's like an antichrist zombie. He's got no heartbeat. Think of that. Think of that. I mean, is that not in the scriptures, man? A man who walks with no heartbeat and feels no remorse for the millions of deaths. That shit could be in the scriptures. That easily could be in the scriptures. Turn on your hard light. Those motherfuckers took us to war for money. Isn't that amazing? Remember that and one? They've always done it. People have always done that. 
Remember that one bit when you're talking about George Bush and how dumb he yeah, is? Yeah, we can go dumber. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? They did with Sarah Palin. They did yeah. go dumber. Wow. You know, somebody took that, make that um, clip from my 2005 special. They took that clip and added it to um, a, a picture of Sarah Palin at the end. And it said, like, the really? Said, yeah, we can go dumber. Can yeah. we see that? Oh, you probably won't find it, man. You won't find it. No? I don't want to play it anyway. I don't want to hear myself to stand up. Freak myself <laughs> out. Especially from 2005. I was like a little too, little too yelly, little too yell. What's the word? Um, As your early, I love early Rogan. He was, he was just mad all the time, man. Angry, early Rogan, angry before the weed. <laughs> I really found it to be a tremendous waste of time. Now, <laughs> I'm still occasionally angry, but more, more tongue in cheek than ever before. Well, as you get older, too, you start thinking, well, I got to pick the things I'm mad at, man, because you can get mad at everything all day if you really want to. <sighs> I know people that get mad at everything all day. You ever see people that are in relationships that get mad at everything all day? Girls nitpick at guys, and the guy fucking fires back, and you go, wow, you guys are not handling this so well. And you guys are handling this kind of silly. You don't have to do this, you know? <laughs> that's, that's hard. It's hard to watch, man, especially when people have kids, dude. That's when it gets hard, dude. That's when it gets hard. I got a friend. I got a friend who's got a kid, and him and his wife, they, um, they, 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 you seem, they seem like they don't like each other. They seem like they're they're both upset at each other. Do I know him? Yeah, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. It's unfortunate, you know. It's like, <laughs> God damn, you guys got this beautiful situation here. You, lo- you should love each other. Come on, get it together. You know what? Neither one of them smoke weed. That might be a part of the problem, <laughs> right? I think everybody needs a little weed, man. A little perspective. Just a little perspective enhancer. You know, don't you think? You when know, you smoke, you know don't me. you like smoking weed with your girl? Doesn't that is that a nice thing? Yeah, it's, it's very the best nice. thing, right? Yeah. It's like you you like. You chill together, you know, you hang out together. It feels better when you kiss each other, you know. It's like a, a super sensitivity drug, you know. It makes you super sensitive. Make, makes you really, really like that person, you know. All their good qualities get accentuated. You really appreciate them. Almost like you see them with new eyes. Or you can get really paranoid. <laughs> you know, or you can freak the fuck out all the do- guys who fuck call them for you. I was watching. Uh, and you just hear, hear phantom buzzes for guys texting her in her phone. Oh, man. I've, I've had some serious uh, anxiety attacks, though. I was watching Cops Smoking. last night, and it was like. Really? Yeah, I've had at least five. First What's one, the biggest anxiety attack? Sorry to break your. Hold on to that thought, Brian. I want to hear these anxiety attacks. Well, in the, I never smoked pot growing up, just but once a year. Sorry. Brian, get in there. No, I'm good. Don't be scared, homie. I have to get on stage. Don't be scared, so. homie. That's perfect. Dude, it's early. Right. It's only 8.20, man. The show doesn't start for two hours. Yeah. Get in there, son. Plus, yeah. we're going to go get some food after this. We got to hurry. People are going to start getting here at 9. Why are they getting here an hour and a half early? Do the, do the uh, Chronicles. Oh, who's coming at 9? Uh, I just told everyone to come as close as 9 as possible. Oh, okay. So they'll all be here around 10, like last time. <laughs> so in high school, I didn't smoke weed. I, like I said, once a year at a party or something. And I would always get paranoid. Wasn't into it at all. I did not like smoking <laughs> weed at all growing up. In 11th grade at lunch, there was a big stoner crowd. There was probably like 100 people in the stoner crowd. And everyone thought I was a stoner because I hung out in the stoner crowd. But 
if you look closely, I was like on the edge. I wasn't really in you with didn't those guys. Sit in, man. Yeah, I wasn't really. It, it appeared I was, but I actually wasn't hanging out with them. It was just me and three other guys on the side. And one day I did. I got pulled into the crowd, and they're passing around a joint. And I said, "Fuck it, I didn't want to be a douche." I was kind of like stoked that they pulled me in. Smoked a little bit of weed. It's at lunch. And I walked to my next class and I sat down. Dude, do, dude, do, dude. Do, I sat do, down. Do, I was so. Yeah, exactly. So it was history. And I'm sitting there. It was U.S. history. And I'm so fucked up out of my mind. I'm like, I freaked out. I was getting paranoid. So I thought, how am I going to get through this class? So I go, just look straight. Don't look at anybody. Just look straight. Don't do nothing. I go, oh my God, I'm freaking out. But I'm not, no one's going to know. No one's going to know. And then I look to the side. And there's people are looking back on, oh, look at his eyes, his eyes. My eyes got fucking, they said they were, people were like turning around, pointing at my eyes. And I'm like, fuck, don't look at me, please. Don't, don't bring attention to me, please. (laughs) Everyone's laughing. I'm like, fuck. And then some girl handed me her compact. Just look at your eyes. I looked at my eyes and they were so red. It was fucking like a zombie's eyes. You have, um, you have contacts. Did you have contacts back then? No, no, I didn't have contacts back then. Did you have glasses? Like black frame yes glasses. i did i did work every now and then every now and then but i not to school fuck no but my i looked at, at at my eyes and i freaked out i just stood up and walked out of class and went to the bathroom and i sat on the bathroom floor meanwhile everyone's in class and i sat on the bathroom floor just freaking out like just panicking like i was on crack or something just sitting on the bathroom floor the teacher calls the the campus cop Total asshole, big ass mustache. Total asshole. He opens the door. Big ass mustache. He opens. The I like how you put those two together. Total <laughs> asshole, big ass mustache. I'll never forget him. He opens the bathroom door and I'm sitting down. And he opens it. Goes, what are you doing in here? And I immediately started crying. I'm like, oh, I'm sick. I'm sick. Like I pretend like I was sick. And everybody had known that I, like I was fucked up on weed because. The teacher knew the kid, everyone was laughing. I just walked out of class. He grabbed me by the neck, picked me up, and dragged me to the principal's office. And I'm like, I just started crying so, just pretending that I was sick. And he knew I wasn't sick, so he brought me to the uh, the principal's office. He had a toupee on. It was awesome. And he was really cool. <laughs> he goes, what's wrong? I go, I'm sick. I ate a bad corn dog. I'm sick. And he goes, hmm. And the, the cop was like, it wasn't buying it at all, but the principal just looked at me and said, all right, let him go home. And he just let me go home. And I just walked wow. home like all fucked up. I got home, just laid down on my bed. And I'll never forget looking at the VCR clock, just watching the minutes click by. Just, I couldn't wait. It just seemed like it was going to last forever. Just watching the clock, please, feeling go away. I hate this feeling. I hated it. Yeah, I only got high uh, maybe a dozen times before I started getting high with you. My, over the course of my whole life. But one time I did when I was 15 with this girl that I dated. We, she was, uh, she, it was her idea and my friend Josh. We all three of us got high together. And I was probably like 15, 14, maybe 14, 15. And I stole my dad's weed. He had, <laughs> he had some super strong weed, man. I mean, it was, I don't, I mean, I was a little kid, right? And I don't know how we smoked it. I don't remember anything. But what I do remember is just lying on the couch, my whole body just <sighs> tangling, like little electrical circuits are going off in my whole body. And then I was time traveling. 
I would I would be on on, <laughs> on my back on the couch and then boom I'd be in front of the refrigerator and I had no recollection of how I got there. Yep. It was like instantly I appeared in front of the refrigerator and then boom I was in the bedroom and I couldn't remember walking to the bedroom. It's like my short term memory was so fucked that every few steps my whole brain just rebooted and I'm like how did I get here? It erased all the steps up to get to that point. There was no memory. I mean my brain was fucked. We were both fucked. We were giggling. But I was scared of weed after that for a while. I didn't do it again for, for a long time. That was, a, that was a scary one. Yeah, I hated it, man. I could believe that people could function and smoke weed. I didn't get it. Guys in the bands that, that I was in growing up, there was always one stoner or two stoners. And every time I made a mistake playing bass, I would like blame the weed. I'd go, see, you come in here fucking stone. That fucking weed just fucks your brain up. Just, you know, That's I what I would it. do with Andy Dick on news radio. Really? Yeah, he would come in high and he wouldn't remember his lyrics. I'd be like, the freak is high again. Like you'd be all pissed off. I was totally huh? mad. <laughs> I was yeah. such a dick to stoners growing up. Oh, me too. Man. I was a dick. I was. Th- well, you're addicted to people. I'm sorry. You're, you're addicted to people that you're afraid of yourself being. You know, I was afraid of being a stoner. What were you saying? I was just saying, I was watching Cops last night, and I was thinking about in the future when marijuana will probably be legal. Uh, and so this officer was just going off on this uh, girl for having some weed. Like it was, you know, like maybe a quarter or something like that. But it was going off, just like going, you know, how, I, I can't believe this weed. And, and I was thinking, how silly is this video going to look like in 10 years when weed's completely legal and it's like normal and everything? Like you're going to look back at how this cop was just going fucking ape shit on something that's like vitamins. I wonder you know? if weed is going to be legal in 10 years. I mean, I would like to think it would be, but honestly, I'm not sure. Because if you go back to like the 1970s, Hunter S. Thompson was giving speeches at universities and shit, and they were talking about uh, legalization of marijuana, and, you know, he's like, oh, it's inevitable. Maybe a decade. That's what he said. Like, maybe a decade. Maybe, no. Maybe never, man. 2011. Illegal. In all the shit we know now, the fact that it's illegal now is absolutely preposterous. Flies in the face of science. Flies in the face of logic. There's no reason for them to be protecting us from it. The only reason to keep it legal at this point is... There's two reasons. One, because you don't want to ever admit you were wrong and let all those people out of jail that you locked up for it. And two, what is the two? Uh, don't fart in the bathtub? No. <laughs> Whatever. There's no, there's no other, I don't know what the second, my second point was. There's no logical reason. You have to be bought and paid by the pharmaceutical companies. That's the only, that's the only logical reason. Either you don't want to admit that you, you, know, you fucked up in the past, you don't want to rephrase the laws, because then you open up this conundrum of you being guilty of locking people in jail for something that's not really a crime. It's either that or you're being bought and paid for. Somebody's paying to make sure that you don't have these things legal, because it's clear that you're not protecting anybody. But we've come a long way, though. I we mean, have in California. dispensaries. Yeah, and, and that's like ridiculous. 14 other states, too. Dude, I've been, I've been reading about people getting arrested left and right, though. On Twitter, people always send me things about, like, some high school kid gets arrested for weed. You know, I was doing three years in jail. You know, you hear about this shit. It's still happening in the country. I think it's, it's becoming more and more legal, but every now and then you've got little dips. They, and it's also bad, like one overall, out of yeah. it's thousands. Gonna, it's going to be hard to stop. Yeah, it is hard. Come but on. In California, we'll never go back. You know what I'm using as a model, though? I'm using this Occupy Wall Street. It's hard to stop this Occupy Wall Street, but boy, are they fucking trying. They're getting violent. They're getting violent about it. And you see this UC Davis footage of these cops spraying, these pepper spray, spraying this shit in this kid's face. All of them, little kids at, at point blank range. But they're, isn't they're it seeing them jabbing people with 
batons. Like they are reacting. But all these officers are getting in trouble for it. Are they're they? all yeah, they're getting suspended and all you know this shit. So I don't think it's that too guy? crazy because I think they realize that everyone has cameras that they have to follow some kind of rules because we're all going to know about it in like. I would minute. like to believe that, but you know that Tony Baloney guy, that guy who uh, pepper sprayed those girls in New York, like one of the first instances. Right. That guy only lost ten vacation days, ten paid vacation days. That's it. That guy should be fired. There's no way you should be allowed to be a fucking cop, and that's what you want to do to some girls. Just pepper spray him in the face. You got them all corralled in one but spot. And you just pepper spray him in the he face. He is. He is um, an officer. Uh, this is not to defend him or anything, but he is an officer, and uh, he probably doesn't make a lot of money, I would imagine. Ten, yeah, vacation days, that's ridiculous, but that is also a lot of money if you, probably for him. You know, so it is. It is a lot of so, money. It's a lot of money for him doing a job that he didn't no, no, do well. No, no, I'm just saying. So it is a penalty. Like, you're, if yeah. you're an officer, you're not going to be like, dude, I, that is, I'm not going to go right. crazy because I, I don't want to lose fucking ten vacation days. You know, so well, they, they are getting. They obviously fought. The, the union must have fought to keep that guy in in position because right. that's the only thing that makes sense. You know, it's like. When you, when you see shit like the guy the, the guy at UC Davis that pepper sprayed those kids in the face, I don't know what happened to him, but there's no way that guy should ever be in charge ever of enforcing the law. There's no way that guy should ever call himself an officer of the peace. There's a bunch of little kids. They could be my daughters. They could be my sons. They're 16, 18 years old, whatever the fuck they are, and you're, you're pepper spraying them in the face. Fuck you, yeah. man. That's just disgusting. I don't care if they weren't listening to you. I don't care. What you're doing is disgusting. That's disgusting. It's malicious. It's sadistic. You're, you know what you're doing. You're spraying them in the face to teach them a lesson. You're inflicting pain on them to get them away from you. And you think you're being slick about it. You think it's your job. And the world says, fuck you. And that's why the world took that guy's picture and put it online and put his yeah, email awesome online. Awesome photoshops. Yeah, he's, yeah he's a, that guy's a, that's a bad example. Do you think I should do a pepper spray uh, fetish video where I just get sprayed by this girl with, uh, it's not real pepper spray, but I have to act like it is. Are you going to become a fetish porn star? I just want to <laughs> know. Because I don't think I can continue to work with you in this capacity. If you start doing well, ra- rape fetish videos, no, what, you get tied up in trunks. Dude, if I found out there's a real video of you out there, you're getting tied up in trunks, and you show them your ass for 400 bucks. No, but if there's nothing to, porn about it, if it's just 30 minutes of me just find struggling. You need to a sponsor for the podcast, okay? <laughs> That's what you need. You don't need to be sticking your ass in the air and letting these guys duct tape your mouth. They're going to fuck you, and they're going to say that you agreed to it because you're not going to read the contract. So in some fine line, oh, yeah, and we get to fuck your ass. It probably is like written in there and under a bunch of legal mumbo-jumbo as long as the client understands that forcible anal sex is a big part of the program. Thanks, bye. Just put Death Squad TV on it. Yeah, if I just make it and make my own videos. Yeah, why don't videos. you make videos of you getting fucked in the ass? It'll be worth not, a lot of money. Being, but no, no ass sex. Listen, it's if just you want to make money, videos. though. There's a fetish there for people that like looking at people tied up. Let's build and if it I start up my own fetish of just people getting tied up but made it really cool. Let's build it up slow. But we made it really cool? <laughs> yeah, like we, like we start up with that and then eventually <laughs> we're going to go for the big bucks. We're going to have a guy fuck you. No, no. Come on. We'd have a stunt We need asshole. to go for the big bucks. Okay, stunt asshole. Stunt asshole. Really obvious. Get a corpse. Like, like no, no, how about we get King a corpse? Kong, King Kong 1930s claymation. No, we could do it like, like this. Coma patient. It'll be Coma a guy. Patients. Like the wide shot would be a Bring guy, but the tight shot will be a girlfriend with a strap on. They won't be able to tell. It'll be like, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you just, it's all in the editing. A black girl. You don't too. feel like compromised. How cool would that the be? The idea of doing awesome. these videos doesn't... <laughs> You don't think that people are going to like get off on the idea of you being taped up and maybe want to find you and tape you up? Uh, yeah, that's I never thought of that angle, but that's a good angle. That. That's, that's definitely. Good, so I wouldn't do that one. It. I would do stuff like uh, just guys with uh, dirty nails. No, feet you, nails, you, foot you nails. should do 
What you should do. <laughs> no, just step in pudding before. What I you should do is make one. This is a no lose situation. Make one where you shoot laser beams <laughs> out of your eyes. You stare at a girl in the eyes, and it causes her to have to suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> that way, everywhere you go, girls will want to suck your dick. Like, there's no way that works. Oh my God, it does work. The craziest <laughs> girls will just immediately start blowing you. You see, he really does have hypnotic powers. I do. And you just tell them. That's 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 what you do if you're smart. Or Not this other fucking bondage thing. Yeah. What, what about friends just holding hand watching TV? It's just you and a friend holding hands a watching man? TV. Yeah, a but it's just, you're, you're not doing anything else. You're just holding each other's hand while watching some TV. As long some as you lo- can like rub fingers and thumbs together. Not just hold no, hands, no. but caress oh, hands. Oh, I didn't think of that. Well, yeah. what if I had if I, got, I had to wear white gloves? If We were both wearing white gloves. Hmm, that's better for sure. But Yeah, you're just holding white gloves. But maybe it feels even more gay because it's all slippery, the cloth against the cloth. We'll, we'll put some cat litter in there so it feels uncomfortable. The whole time you're getting cut by those crystals, those blue crystals. That's just, you just ruined the whole thing. Fuck put it inside the you. glove so it's not comfortable. Why, why do you want to do gay things on video for money? I don't really. Is want someone to offering you something? No, no, I'm, not, I'm really not doing this. Are you a gay thing. hustler? Huh? No. I'm just thinking that I know there's a fetish there. Now that I, I've seen that there's people that buy and there's people that are making money off these crazy videos yeah. of, of nothing. Of guys Dude, just those like aren't nothing, man. kissing steering wheels. It's hard to wheels. find people. Really? Yeah. Well, what you're talking about is not that stuff, though. You're talking about getting tied up. It's hard to find people that are into you being tied up. And those wow. people, man, yeah, I never you don't, don't want to work in that market. Yeah, I don't. Man. Yeah. You don't want to be a common part of that market. Right. You what could be really you famous in that. In that yeah, he's, he's, yeah. The, he's the number then, one guy. Let's start making rate. posters and shit. If you're all tied up, there's like posters. and Yeah. You, <laughs> you could be the number one guy that everybody wants to rape. And you could be like, you know. You could be like the Tracy Lords of yeah. trunk rape trunk videos. Trunk rape videos. <laughs> stalkers. I bet I would get a lot of Dexter fans. I bet, he, uh, I bet Michael yeah. C. Hall has that, those yeah, fans. That? Like those creepy guys just like fans? real murders out of me. I wonder, man. I wonder how many dudes out there want to be serial killers, but they don't want to go to jail. So they're like, ah, it's not worth it. So they open up a Christian bookstore instead. Christian bookstore? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to fight it off. Like dudes, who, like dudes do it like Ted Haggard to fight off the gay. They just go super, super, super Christian. To try to fight That's off that most gay. priests. Yeah. Yeah, most of them. Maybe all of them. Wouldn't that be crazy if the Catholic Church really was just an organization of kid fuckers? I mean, it was a cult, an ancient cult of kid fuckers. And they just slowly but surely integrated their way into the cities and the, the commonwealths. They are the rarest. guilt and control. But well, really, they all used they to, wanted to do was it wasn't, kids. It, w- it wasn't always illegal for the priests to get laid. Yeah. They actually could get laid, like most other denominations. But... They were getting too much pussy. They were like rock stars. And like the dudes that were going to the church, they were like hating on the priest because the, their wives wanted to bone them. So people were leaving. And then they decided, you know what, to save the church. We got we to outlaw getting laid for these dudes. Can you imagine, can you imagine what the, the priest at the time when they, when they were thinking about outlawing pussy, what they were thinking? Their lives were coming to a fucking halt. Yeah, they probably thought about the same way all those um, Wall Street people started talking when they, when they started talking about cracking down on Wall Street. Yeah, like the, par- the party's over, what? sir. What? The party's over. Yeah, no that shit. Would, they're probably fighting it. Can you imagine the fucking priests that were fighting this, yeah. going to the what? emperor? But your highness, That's please. Why became a priest? <laughs> yeah. So then all those guys ones. end up quitting, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're like, fuck that. You know what I mean? No more pussy. Fuck. They quit. So the only guys that would take the job are dudes that didn't give a fuck about pussy. What came first? What came first? The confession booth, or where a priest couldn't get pussy anymore? Which came first? That's very important. 
kidding. Uh, pussy, of course. You think so? That came first? Definitely. And then the confession booth Definitely. came after that? Definitely. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder. And the confession booth for little kids was maybe, probably like the plastic container of a flashlight. Maybe they really tried to keep it together, and for a while they just beat off in there while girls told crazy fuck stories. They go, they yeah, just, you know what? They outlawed just, the pussy yeah, first, they and then they go, you know what? We got to come up with something else, yeah, some confession. A little beat off so that was <laughs> the beat off box. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they had crazy robes. You can't those loads just disappear under those things. Yeah, you know, I remember the first robes. the first time I had, I was going to catechism, and that's like school to train how to be a Catholic. You know what I mean? I'm a kid, and they told us about confession. We got to go to confession. And I was like, fuck. I mean, I was thinking, am I going to have to talk about me playing with myself? You know what I mean? Like, that was a big concern because I really believed that this priest had connections with God, and now God's going to find out that I'm beaten up. So that was a big concern, and I asked my catechism teacher. I'm like, because you're supposed to say all your sins, and then at the end, please, God, forgive me for all of these sins and all my other past sins, like the ones you couldn't remember. Right. So I asked, I asked my catechism teacher, what if I don't say I leave one uh, of my sins out? Could that part at the end cover it for, like these and all my other sins? When she goes, nope, if you remember it, you got to say it. I'm like, oh, Jesus, how the fuck am I going to confess playing with myself? I didn't call it beating off. We didn't call it jerking off. It was like playing with myself. I was like eight years old going, fuck, this is going to be hard. So I practiced that shit. And I, I went, I just wanted to fucking blaze right through it, right over it and not hesitate. So I'm like, you know, hi, it's been, it's, you know, this is my first confession. These are my sins. I, I stole a candy bar. I yelled at my brother. I lied to my mom. I played with myself. I, I cheated on uh, homework. And, you know, I'd, <laughs> I just like go right over it. it in there. <laughs> I just put it in there real Stuffed quick. It in there. I was hoping he wouldn't ask about it. Like, right. I was hoping he, he wouldn't go, wait a minute. Back up a little bit there. <laughs> what do you mean by playing with yourself? I'm like, oh, that was my nightmare. And he did. They never, they never asked me to explain myself. He didn't. Oh, he, no, didn't. he didn't. He didn't. Dude, what a panic it would be if that's the only one he picked up on. You did what? You what is played you? with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Explain you, yourself. You? Describe to me and good. <laughs> You're like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, you hear the, the, the clank of glass on aluminum as he unscrews <laughs> his jar of Vaseline. Wait a minute. Back up a little bit. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Back up. Hold on. One second. One second. What okay. did you do? What did okay. you do? In detail. Okay. In detail. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm not going to talk. I just want to hear you. <laughs> How often uh, do you play with yourself, uh, son? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I was alone in, in the tub and I just was washing it and it felt so good. I didn't want to stop washing it. And <laughs> next thing you know, I wasn't, I wasn't even washing it anymore. I, I was just... It was sinful. It was just for pleasure. What did you do? <laughs> Man, my dick was so small back then when I started playing with myself. I, I couldn't, like, beat off, you know, like, jerk off like, like you normally do. I, like, rubbed my hands like an together. Indian? Like, like an Indian? Yes. <laughs> I was like, like I was starting a fire on my little Peter. Uh, that was, yeah, man. That's, that's the way I jerked off. That's hilarious. What do you call it now, Eddie? Jerking off. No, I mean your Peter. Do you have a name? Um, my little dick? Conan? You don't have, like, a name for it? No. It doesn't need a name. Do you, Joe? Do you have big? a name for your dick? No, but I think I want to name it now. now that you I know. It you have to call your dick something. I want to call it Little Conan. Little Conan? Little Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Did Hercules. you see that video? I, I have a feeling Did that that, that was already Did you your see name? that fucking video of the guy? Um, w- the guy who has the, um, the, the face in his crotch. There's a bunch of people that have faces in their crotches. 
No. What are you talking about? The Big Bad Wolf. Have you, have you oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I watched that. That was fucking hilarious. How bizarre is that? That is. Is that one of the most it's, bizarre it's things creepy. ever? Yeah, can you imagine Folks, sh- shrooming? Look it, look, look it up online. It's yeah. a, a video on YouTube called The Big Bad Wolf. Have you seen it? You haven't seen it, Eddie? It's fucking awesome. Should we play it? I don't know if we could get in trouble Can't. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it somebody's sketch? Yeah. Like that? yeah somebody, somebody, somebody made it. Yeah. Go look at look. Find it online because it's fucking hilarious. I don't even want to tell you what it is. It's just bizarre. It's so good. Wow. That's a cool thing about you know online. All you have to do is put something out there, and if it's good, it will spread. You know, everything spreads. That video of Joey Diaz crashing through the uh, thing. It didn't work. It didn't come through for you. Uh, no, I, I'm going to have to get... You tried to download it on your phone. It didn't work. Right. Did you try to download it on uh, your it's, computer? It's nudity, though, right? Yes, it's nudity. Yeah. I it's can. Joey Diaz's balls. And what we have to do is <laughs> bl- blur that out. Yeah. It's an old video, man. Have you seen it, Eddie? Which oh, one? Oh, we can't play it on this? That's why we can't, yeah. can't yeah. play it? Oh. Which one? Joey Diaz, when he comes crashing through that picture, and he's naked, except for a baseball hat and two... Two fucking Timberland An boots old on. one, right? Yeah. yeah Let's yeah, get yeah, this yeah. party started. Yeah, yeah, Get yeah. yeah. You got to take dancing. it down. Yeah, but we found it. But that we lost you, it. You used it for your website, though. Yeah, right? it was on. Yeah, that's how you get it to my website goes, for a you gotta, while. You got <laughs> to remove that. <laughs> yeah, they got mad at me with some of the stuff that I put on my website. Really? Was, did, you, yeah. did you have to take anything else down that you remember? Like, I don't re- I know of you taking anything down. Yeah, there was a bunch of pictures with Joey and a slut. Oh right. Some some wild creature. Yeah, it was just it was good. It was bizarre. Yeah, it was like all of a sudden, what what kind of a site do I have here? <laughs> Sussman Sus- must have hated that things. that old Joe show, the porn one with your friend uh, Saint Pierre or what's his name? Who? Mike. The one uh, Joe show we did with your uh, porno friend guy, that Michael Saint Pierre. Or, or oh, Mike, Stephen Saint Croix, the guy who used to come to the comedy store all the time. Michael Saint Pierre, he's <laughs> <laughs> making shit up. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was three names. That's yeah, he's a good dude. A lot of those guys would come down to the the comedy store. The comedy store is a, a magnet for strange people, right? Fuck, Hollywood in itself. It's weird as I get older when I think about how crazy and chaotic Hollywood really is. I couldn't imagine living there. It's so strange. You lived in West Hollywood forever, dude. I don't know how you did it. Remember Robert Apavaya? Yeah, what was that guy's name? Yeah, Robert I saw William Apavaya. Is he still alive? Oh yeah, yeah. he's still around. Yeah. He does comedy still? Yeah, yeah. Wow. He still hates That's lasers. Like, yeah, he thinks lasers are Nazis coming to get him. Five minutes. All right, we got to wrap this bitch up. Uh, Eddie, where can uh, what's your your latest seminars? Oh, and if anybody's into jujitsu, listen, we're offering, we're doing a special here where if you go to Legends and sign up for jujitsu in Hollywood, it's uh, east of the 101 uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard. What is the exact address? Fifty one seventy six. Santa Monica Boulevard. It's uh, ten fifty one seventy six Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah, it's it's Legends MMA, and I teach the jujitsu there. That's the headquarters for Tenth Planet Jujitsu. Um, the the deal we got going on right now. Mention the podcast. Um, just for for new customers, mention the podcast. Sign a six month contract and get the first two months free. So you only have to pay for four months. You get two months of free jujitsu. Enjoy the shit out of it, and. Uh, Listen, there's beginner classes. You don't have to worry. You're going to be doing it with people that are just starting out just like you. And it's really fun. And it's way more fun than just any other kind of regular exercise because you're doing something. It's, like, it's exciting. So you look much fun. forward to it. It's, yeah. it's like playing a video game but a virtual reality video game because yeah. you are practicing killing techniques. Yes, no one gets hurt. No one's striking. You're just practicing choking each other. You know, we're all, Everybody in there, we're all bros. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, we tap each other out and then we're cool. Yeah, it happens all the no time. No one's getting hurt. It's it's a great power 
to have. It's a great skill to have. The the, the skill to to subdue pe- people and uh, put them asleep, or to you know render them you know cripple for a temporary temporarily at least. It's it's a great skill to have. It's so much fun. We got beginner classes. You don't have to be super smart or anything. We have total retards that do jujitsu. <laughs> Kids do it. Old ladies do it. It's so much fun. You got to work out. Everyone has to work out. You might as well do something that's super fun. Yeah. Super fun, and it's a good skill to have. You know, if you had to choose between just riding a fucking elliptical machine every day and lifting weights every now and then, that's going to get boring. Yeah. This is like a skill. It's a skill, a life skill that can really help you if someone's fucking with you. If something happens. Yeah. It could save your life. You know, yeah, getting addicted to video games is not going to save your life. Yeah. And playing golf isn't going to save your life. Lifting weights can help in saving your life, but jujitsu, that really can save your life. You, you know? and I both, when we lift weights, we lift weights just to get stronger at jujitsu. You know, yes. there's guys who lift weights to look good. You know, do like bicep curls, like they work on certain specific things to look good. I don't, I don't do anything that doesn't help jujitsu. That's all yes. I need to do. And yeah. when you do that too, I mean, it's. It all falls into place, you know, and you, you start using your body as one unit, too, instead of like the bodybuilding style of mm-hmm. isolating things. Yeah. I don't hardly isolate anything anymore. Every mm-hmm. workout I do is like big cleans and, you know, and, and squats and kettlebell routines and shit. Everything uses the whole body. And the only reason why I do it is to get better at jujitsu. Yeah, well, that's that's where we met. Ninety seven at Jean Jacques Machado Academy in uh, in the valley doing jujitsu. And, you know, we had that one thing in common. We're both obsessed with learning how to put people to sleep. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, martial arts, man. I just uh I think every young man should learn martial arts. And not just to be a fighter, to learn about yourself. You know, just to, to push yourself, to put yourself into difficult situations where you're nervous and to overcome it and to learn from failure and, and you know, so important, man, for your development of your character. So important for shaping your worldview and relaxing you as a person. You know, it's not what everybody thinks it is, man. It's not like a bunch of people trying to be badasses. It's not. It's not at all. It's not. It's really cool people. I'm, some of my f- favorite human beings are my, my friends from martial arts, guys that I train with. You know, some of my favorite human beings, some of the most relaxed people I know, some of the easiest going, have the ego under control, just super kind, friendly people. My Just favorite image search of Eddie, <laughs> by the way, on Google image search. Also, I'm going to be in Melbourne, Australia, December 3rd. That may be sold out. I'm not sure. And then New Zealand, December 4th. December 3rd, Melbourne. December 4th, New Zealand. I think there's spots still open for New Zealand. I think Hamilton, New Zealand, I think. And then December 17th. In uh, Springfield, I'm doing a seminar that's a free seminar as long as you bring a, a gift, a gift wrap, a uh, gift for a uh, Christmas drive that we're doing. So free seminar, 10th Planet Springfield, December 17th. Also tonight, the, the, the movie that I did with uh, Joey Karate and Hinata Laranja, we're putting it on my YouTube channel tonight at midnight, youtube.com slash twisteretti. And... Um, if you want to listen to my music, reverbnation.com slash Smoke Serpent. Thank you. So uh, I don't know how many tickets are left for this show tonight. If any, it is a quarter to nine right now while we're wrapping this up. And uh, the show starts at 1030. So it's still a long time from now. If you're interested, uh, go to the Ice House website and find the number and call. And tonight we got Bill Burr. We got Joey Diaz. We got who else, Brian? Brendan Walsh. Steve-O. Steve-O, Brendan Walsh. It's a goddamn stellar lineup, ladies and gentlemen. And me, I'll be there too. And... uh, 
Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to the Fleshlight. Go to JoeRogan.net and click on the link for the Fleshlight. Enter in the code name Rogan. Get 15% off the number mm. one sex toy for men mm. product that we have all used and endorsed. Uh, thank you to Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. Check out all the various supplements that we have for sale there. We have uh, Alpha Brain, which is a cognitive enhancing supplement. We have Shroom Tech Sport, which is a cordyceps mushroom endurance supplement that's great for people who work out really hard. Um, New Mood is a 5-HTP and L-tryptophan um, supplement that just makes you feel groovy. All right? Go get that. Go to JoeRogan.net. Click on the Onnit link. Enter in the code name Rogan. And you'll get 10% off. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you next week with uh, God knows who. I think we got some crazy people lined up. Right, Brian? Yes. Yes, we do. Follow uh, Death Squad on iTunes. And uh, thank you for everything. We love you. You, you fucking dirty bitches. <sighs> dirty. Love you.